This podcast is brought to you by Doghouse Systems, elite gaming PCs engineered by gamers and for gamers. Use code TGIF to get a free weekend confirmed t-shirt and a $30 credit for slashloot.com. Go to www.doghousesystems.com to see what system is right for you. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. We can confirm. Ignition. Liftoff. Liftoff. Ah, the mighty lifter rockets of next gen in full effect and weekend confirmed starts right now. Is that what those are? Those are the those are the lifter rockets of next. That gen. is the Atlas Five of net <laughs> next gen, ready ah. to put us into uh, orbit, orbit, and around start, start new the generation. Consoles. I don't know. It seemed a lot like the last gen rockets to me. Oh, uh, you, uh, you, you couldn't tell the couldn't tell the difference. No, they're, they're uh, in true 1080p. Really? Yeah, that's how you can tell. Uh, are you right. sure this audio show <laughs> hey everybody my name is garnet lee and these are my friends and uh compatriots here for the weekend confirmed show mr jeff canada my partner in crime how you doing great how about yourself i'm feeling really good yeah yeah excellent it's a rainy day here in los are you sunny excited los to get your one i am actually excited are you excited about your four my four your four and one you got oh, my f- I have my four. You got I'm your getting four. I'm your one. You got your four and one. Yeah, I got my four and one. That is that is true. That is true. All right, Mr. <laughs> uh, Indie Jeff Mattis here as well. Yes, and I am currently still white knuckling last gen straight into the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I'm rolling right You're now. You're like, uh, <laughs> right in. <laughs> Like yeah. in, uh, uh, it's like Thelma Dr. and Louise. Love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right that's, that yeah. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And Andrew Yoon down at the uh, far end of the broadcast table. And I'm slightly more awake now than last week's show. That's like, good. Just a little bit. Just not, not, not too much more, but a little bit more Baby awake. Steps. Baby yeah. steps. Most excellent. So, uh, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got uh, the PlayStation 4 stuff that we've been playing since last week when it came out. We've got Xbox One arriving in the uh, continental Don't United forget States. the Mario! Don't, and we, you know, we cannot forget Mario. So, let's talk about some PlayStation 4. I want yeah. we got lots to talk about. Yeah. I want to get right into it. As I uh, tweeted about and have posted several places, I love my PlayStation 4. I am so happy with that machine. And so that's what makes me the most bummed out that I have this silly issue with it. And if people have been following me, the, they know that my issue is a really, really weird edge case. Mm. And that is that, you know, I'm running. Uh, so I run. I really do think that it's HDMI related. But although I've now convinced myself that it's annoying enough that I'm going to take it to the Sony store and let them bench test it and see if there is something to be found. Bench there. press it. Bench test it. Ah. Bench test it. Hey, it's pretty light. Yeah. But look, it works. It works. I mean, the one you could bench press. <laughs> I think the one thing we've learned from everybody is that while there were some bricking issues, definitely, and we'll, I would love to get, I think the biggest mistake that Sony has made so far in this issue is not getting enough info out. It's the 20, it's the, you know, let's say 21st century, but century, but more than that, it's 2013. There are so many ways to get information out to people that putting one post on your PlayStation network, uh, on the on the PlayStation forums, and saying, "Here's how to troubleshoot stuff." Oh, well, by the way, you can call us. Is not sufficient. Well, so what happened? So my machine simply has a problem where if it if I put it into standby and leave it in standby for a prolonged period, and I haven't done enough hour by hour testing, but it's something over an hour to an hour and a half, then it won't wake up. I have a recommendation for you. 
don't put it don't in the do standby. That. Yeah, otherwise known as stand by by. That's <laughs> nice. the uh, yeah. But it's a function. It's a feature of the set. Look, if you buy a four hundred dollar box, you sort of expect it to work as intended. Right? Sure, yeah. but and, I understand, and and I I agree with you. And especially but, concerning yeah. is the fact that if I put it in standby and leave it for half an hour, it wakes right back up and everything's fu- is normal. Mm-hmm. So everything's yeah. fine then. And you can just turn it all the way off. I can turn, turn it all the way off on, and no it problems. turns back on no problem. Everything else runs like a champ. Hmm. It's a very, very strange edge case. You know, I'm just lazy enough that I would probably just avoid doing that and keep my thing in without having to deal with customer service on any level. Well, I mean, we're lucky in that we live in Los Angeles and they have a Sony store here yeah. that has a service center in the Sony store. So you can yeah. take it in and, and have them look at it. But I don't know what I would do. You're right. Buy bench press <laughs> it for you. Yeah. yeah. If I didn't have that, you're right. I don't know what I would do. I'd be like, well, I could just turn it off and use it and it'd be fine. Yeah. And But the thing is, when you have a, have a, and, and my, my brain keeps telling me this doesn't sound like a defect. This sounds like something weird in the firmware or something weird in the way it operates, you know, something weird in the way the system's set up or maybe something weird with it passing through because I'm running my system through an AV receiver. So, you know, I have like a home theater set up and I have an AV receiver that I bought last year that does all my HDMI switching. So everything plugs into the HDMI, into the receiver and then has a single HDMI output to the television. Now, have you tried removing other components from the equation? That, oh, yeah. That may, okay. So oh, yeah. I've tried all like, of that. Yeah. I've tried different cables. I've tried, I've done through the whole thing. I've have you tried up. unplugging it and plugging it back in? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> as fascinating. Wait, it's supposed to be plugged in? Oh, as fascinating whoa. as troubleshooting your particular problem is. Let's move right along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what, what is the reason that you love it? So, I, I happen to love it too, but so I'm just asking. Right off the bat, I just I just really like the machine as a piece of hardware. I love the way it I love its size, I love its mm. form factor, I love the way it fits into my system, I love the way the controller feels in my hand. I I love I love blue, so I love the I love the startup screen, but more than that, I love the menu screen being a single page. Mm. And I think that I think that, you know, people have knocked the UI a little bit. I think there's a lot of room for them to polish and improve on it. It's a heck of a lot better than PS3s. It's hugely better than PS3s. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to argue that I think it's better than where One and Xbox has gone as well because I don't have to go through a bunch of panels. I love that I just you know flick through a couple of three boxes. I I really, really, and maybe it's because I like social media, I really like the now thing, You know mm. what's going on now where it shows me, you know, here's what your friends have been doing. Here, so-and-so friended this person. Here's so-and-so the thing that needs to happen with that, though. Yes. I need to be able to group people together. Yeah. No, I think that, that's what I'm saying. I think that they have a a lot of room to improve on this but i think the general structure of push up to get to functional stuff then you've got a row of games and then come down from there and each of them spawn the their unique things that go with them is really intelligent andrew brought up a great point though what happens you know a year from now and two years from now as we start to really grow the number of things populating those screens that's exactly what i mean i'm i'm already at the point where i'm I welcome the fact that we've got an expanded friends list capability. We're able to add way more people, and I'm happy to do that. But I hate going down on the what's happening thing and uh, see this just this blast of information that is a little bit overwhelming if you have a large number of followers. I want to have groupings of people. Well, that, that's the thing. I wish Sony would just copy Xbox in that regard because Xbox lets you have followers. You don't, ha- you don't need yeah. to have that mutual relationship. And that is a cool idea. And but maybe they can the, add that. that you're right. The, that is a good idea. But even with the mutual relationship, I should be able to sort it. I should be able to 
you know, prioritize certain things and I should be best able to- friends, super best friends, <laughs> yeah. sort of not so much friends, all these creative frenemies. Little, yeah, frenemies. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but, but what I'm, about, what about real names? I love real me names. Me too. Me too. In fact, I'm, I'm getting to the point where if you don't share your real name with me, you're I'm not going to be my friend. I'm yeah. doing the same thing. So yeah. I think, you know, look, I can have 2000 friends mm-hmm. and there's a lot of folks out there in the audience who have always wanted to be, you know, friends with us. So we could play games either. I'm cool with that idea. Now, now I'm comfortable with it because you know what, if you're willing to share your real name with me, and I have my real name shared with you, then I think that that's at least a cool enough online relationship that I'm like, yeah, yeah let's go play some Need for Speed Rivals, sure, because no longer am I thinking, oh, you're just going to be a jerkwad well, to and me. It, and it makes a lot easier to connect with those people, right? Yeah. Because before it was like, okay, I got to contact so-and-so, find out what they're, I'm, sh- I'm assuming you could just search for somebody by their name. And, and I also and like, to... I like that it, it lets me, my IRL friends, I always forget who is, you know, cat scratcher 47 and who's you know demon face and you know it's yeah. like who is that again i can't remember who that is but you know you can actually see right. pictures yeah. of who they are well and most most of my friends well actually i guess it's probably split about 50 50 i think that somewhere a few years ago people stopped making clever names for online handles and started making names that reflected their names so you could understand who they are so you know you lost a lot of the you know like sephiroth bs numbers and stuff and yeah, but- people were like I made my Xbox Live handle, for example, the day Xbox Live came online in Xbox, the original Xbox days. Yeah, you know, so it was a that was a long. I, did too, time I mean, yeah, I, I use I used the same handle I've been using since high school. So really, <laughs> yeah. really, I regret I regret now that you know I I had an original Xbox Live account and I abandoned that account for a new account and I regret having done that now because it would have had that continuity. Now I think, oh, you know what? I should have kept that. That was really. Yeah. And, and that was really dumb. And Microsoft might have sent you a free Xbox, right? They sent a, a few free Xboxes to people that have been there since the beginning. You know? I was a day one guy, and I didn't. I heard it was a free game download. So I a think lot of people, a lot of people got free Killer Instinct, but mm. some people got free consoles as well. I got Bupkiss. That's not a bad deal. You got Buckkiss. It's okay. Not Buttkiss. Bupkiss. Bupkiss. <laughs> oh. I would have enjoyed a butt kiss. <laughs> and who wouldn't, Phil, really? Phil Spencer just on his knees. It's Microsoft here with your free butt kiss. Well, and over, right. sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I just think the whole way the system works is 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 really already, well, I was going to say elegant. It's not elegant yet. But it, yeah, I think oh, it's, it's a good it, framework. It's it's a it's a really nice experience. I, mean, I, mean, I like I, being able to pop the PS button anywhere in a game, instantly have my well, the interface speed of so everything. fast. Yeah, so and the, fast. Yes, it, it's a huge. That is the biggest. I think instant. We're in the next gen. Like I don't have to wait for the things. Yeah, there's the no little spinning circles up. in the middle of the screen. Right. Everything's just happening I, where I, it should. I think my biggest frustration with the PlayStation dynamic menu, though, is that that Netflix you have to like press down on video and then scroll over to the right because like my favorite thing about ps3 was a uh, time to netflix where you turn on the system you press left on the d-pad and hit x and you're watching netflix like, this by the way is an, say, this is an andrew metric is time, yes, to netflix. time to netflix but i have to say the netflix implementation on the ps4 is awesome well that app is standardized it's the new it's just the yeah. new netflix implementation yeah. that's across oh, the really board. yeah that's they've applied that across the board really because yeah. i i was using it like the week before on my Xbox 360, and it was still the so shitty ass Xbox. It just started one. rolling out this past week. Oh, okay. And I mean, Netflix seems to roll out first on PlayStation devices, and then like it spreads from there. But I love it. Yeah, that big, yeah, pretty full so screen nice. image. Yeah. So it's all done in Java, and they actually did that so they could have a uniform experience across smart TVs and and devices. So you should see that shortly on pretty much everything. I think they said by mid December it'll be rolled out across the board. Yeah, it's already really on like iPad. It. I think you can if you access your queue through there. 
But yeah, it's a really, you're right. It is a really nice experience. Yeah, but I also Yay for them. I also have the PlayStation camera, which uh, well, actually, any any console can do voice commands. I really wish I could just say like PlayStation, go to Netflix, but because it's one level deep in the menu, it doesn't understand that. You know, it's like PlayStation, go to video, what TV and video services or something oh, yeah. like that, and and then it's like, uh, and then go to Netflix. No, it still doesn't work. It's too deep in the menu for for PlayStation. I hope that they get on that. I hope that that is. I think I think I think having a big giant Netflix button would be would be better, especially for people that are less technically inclined. I am really curious from you guys out there listening, guys and gals out there listening to the show, what priority you place Netflix in your console experience? Your TTN. (laughs) <laughs> because yeah. it does, I mean, it does really dramatically vary from player and user to user. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious just what the breakdown is. Like for me, Netflix is a non-issue at all because I don't watch video on my consoles because my smart TV does it really well. Now I've got a one-year-old Bravia. So look, you know, Sony's implementation of Amazon and Netflix on that TV is pretty good. It's good enough that I don't have to start anything else up. There's nothing else running, no fan noises, no nothing. And I just run it off my television and it works great. But a lot of people don't have that. I have a uh, Netflix app on my TV, and it it is terrible. Yeah, a lot of people to have told me that there's this. So you should check shortly because one of the reasons they did the new Netflix um, front end mm-hmm. is for people on smart TVs because that was it's all Java based and it's supposed yeah. to improve the user experience because they've heard that same complaint. I not that, not that we're that doing a good. Netflix podcast now. Just yeah. I was reading up on it because I was curious. I was like, oh, that looks really good. I have to say though, uh, I, it became apparent to me right away that uh, 500 gigabytes is not sufficient. For this generation, so I don't know if you saw it. So I don't know if you saw. So you know, you'll have things saved, right? So Mm -hmm. you you can uninstall and reinstall. So that's an option, and it's fast, and it's fast. To its credit, and and I mean, think about the 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 economics of it right now. Yes, it's very easy. So on PlayStation Four, it's very easy to replace your hard drive. If you want to see some really hardcore testing of it, tested did a great video comparing comparing three different hard drives, and it's quite simple. All you do if you're looking at your PlayStation Four, the left hand the shinier part of plastic just pushes off to the side, immediately revealing where the hard drive cage is. There's one screw, literally one screw, and you're able to pop it out. And remember, it's one of the troubleshooting steps also. You have to like pull it out and reseat your hard drive. But but anyway, that's all it takes to replace it. They did they did SSD, they did hybrid, which is a standard drive that has with a large with a large buffer. Yeah, yeah, pretty much a giant buffer on it. And then they did standard drive. Uh, there's pretty significant uh, time. Inc- uh, well, you see, you say significant, and then I found the whole thing kind of comic because significant oh. is 21 seconds on Killzone is the biggest deal. I mean, that's. I think that's seconds. significant. It's 21 seconds compared to 60 but it seconds, costs, and that's if you go SSD, and that's SSD, which would cost you much more. Right. So really, I think that they're. I think they're ultimate conclusion made the, made the most sense to me they they liked the one terabyte hybrid drive right. which comes at about 150 bucks gives you a little bit of a boost in performance not a massive boost but double the amount of storage yeah but again if you're buying a 400 hundred dollar box do you really want to go out and buy a 150 fifty dollar hard drive no and that's what's a bummer i don't think you need gigs. but i don't think you need to i don't know it, it, i feel like it's going to fill up fast well and with the with the required installs now it's so you've got about 400 gigs of usable space. Right. So let's say on ga- average, your games are taking 35 gig or so. So that's going to get you, uh, you know, three games per 100 gig. Mm-hmm. So that would give you 12 games if you didn't install anything else. You really need to have 12 active games at any time? Is that Well, I mean, that's not counting games that, you know, don't exist in physical space. Right. That so you digital can't games. That you can easily up, um, reinstall. If you're, if you're downloading. But you, can, but you can easily reinstall all of them. 
But I'm, but I'm saying you have to down, re-download them. Yeah, you would have to download them, which again. is a lot slower process than just putting the disc in and having it reinstall. I'm just saying sure. that it's it, and especially if you're talking about PSN stuff that's going to be happening that I just kind of want to have have there at any time to jump in and jump. It's out just of. one more thing you have to think about, right? Yeah, and no one wants that. And and the thing is, like, it might be 40 gigs of usable space, but what if you want to do the video recording and you want to have clips on your on your, on, on your console? You know, there's, uh, sorry, uh, there you're going to lose that space really quickly, especially if you're hitting that share button yeah. over and over and over again. So. Right, because that is going to take up some space. So I have to say, though, you're bringing up sharing. For last night, for the first time, I did uh, Twitch streaming. Isn't it so easy? It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's great. I, it's so so easy, so fun. It's so fun. I had the most. I did it on Saturday, and I was going to do it for like half an hour, and wound up spending like three and a half hours yeah. doing. You just, it's and thank like you so much out. to everybody who watched. It was the most fun hanging out with you and talking about Need it, for Speed. It, it, I agree. I had the same thing. I really hope that uh, publishers going forward have like flexible embargoes about stuff like that where we can yeah. uh, live stream our review. Because like, I, I wasn't lonely when I was playing. That's, that's the same that's, feeling I had. It's like for the first time playing a video game by myself in my in my room is not playing a video game by myself in my room. Yeah, yeah like it even was though, great. even though it was a single player game, just being able to like talk to people and like field questions and stuff like that. It was I know, super amazing, it was so fun, and it's just really bizarre that even though I was playing at like three a.m., that there was still like an audience following me. I'm like, you all should go get get some sleep. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I personally don't understand the appeal of watching someone else play video games for hours on end, but Sony certainly makes it easy for, for, for us to do it. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's it's super, super slick. Well, I have to and, say, like, in the case of Need for Speed, what I was doing felt like, it felt like what we used to do, at, to, to be honest, it felt the closest that I felt to, like, being at 1UP since I was at 1UP, because it was just, like, hanging out, talking about the game, People in the chat room asking questions and me just sort of like playing the game, showing off things. Someone would be like, hey, can you check out this or that? And I'll be yeah. like, can you check out, uh, you know, like this other car? I'm like, well, I've got to open it. But this really like brings up how you would open cars. And so like we could talk about that for a little bit and then like go do some driving. And then people would say, well, what does this part of the map look like? We And it was really easy just to jump around and show off parts of the game and then talk about my, you know, my experience with the game. I don't know how many people who are watching already had it yeah. and were just like following along or how many people were thinking about getting it or whatever. But it was it was so coolly interactive that I am I'm hooked on Twitch thing. As am I. I think I'm definitely I, I'm definitely gonna buy the camera because Me too. the funny thing is I really I really don't understand why you want to see me while I'm doing this. Because it'll, it, well, it'll just be you sitting down just with gamer face, there. you know? <laughs> but you know what? I, well, I have to start wearing pants when I play video games from now on, I guess. Uh, no, I still won't do that. C- considering <laughs> that I would not have a job were it not for the people listening to this podcast, if you guys want me to buy a $60 camera, I'm going to go buy the $60 <laughs> camera. Yeah. No brainer. I work for you, so it's a pretty easy decision to make. Yeah. It was, it's fun. It's a great system, and I'm, I'm really, I've enjoyed my first week. And yeah. the biggest surprise? Yes. You love Knack. Oh, yeah. And I really like it. So uh, here's the thing. And Andrew's warming. I'm only, I'm through level, I'm through world three, level five. Oh, I'm way ba- past that. It's and I was a long still game, like, too, yes. right? It's a long. It's, like, it, it, it's a slog. <laughs> <laughs> for it, people who did not like it, it would be a slog. I, well, here's the, here's the surprise for me. I don't really like Killzone, but I yeah, really I, like Knack. Uh, I, I wanted to like Killzone. The first, like, five, ten minutes of Killzone is is really impressive and you're like oh yeah we're in the next gen it's happening and i got to the point i i think sadly and i hate to even admit this and i hate the fact that it's kind of true but i feel like i've gotten a little bit over just pure shooters i think the game at this why are point, you sad to admit that i mean i think that's that's the 
that's Call of Duty's fatigue point. Well, yeah, but I mean, I I hate to sort of you know push aside a whole genre. Of no, game. no, I mean, but I mean, you're excited for Titanfall, aren't you? I am excited. So, for so, Titanfall. So, I mean, for me, I felt the same way. It's like, oh god, I, I like, do I just not like this genre anymore? Like, do I just not like? No, but but no, no, like the fact that there's like. There's clearly like room for for a lot of exploration of the genre. It's just doing the same thing, like having yeah. this like very narrow, like military focused shooter. Yeah. That that that's hard to get excited about, right? Yeah, and there's so many games like Far Cry and and, and other and uh, Dishonored and a whole bunch of, of games that take first person shooter stuff and layer it with all kinds of other interesting things to be doing. More to about. yeah, more to do than just shooting. Yeah. Endless dudes in the face, right? Yeah. And I just I got to the point with Killzone where it's like I don't I don't want to do this. Granted, it is call, it is called Killzone. It, it, so you, actually, you I thought of... it was Killzone. Eh? <laughs> Killzone. <laughs> I, thought was, I thought it was about a delicious with a little sausage and a little pepperoni <laughs> yeah, and a little yeah, exactly. ricotta. Yeah. Um, but no, you're right. I mean, it's not any. It's 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 that's why I felt bad saying it. It's because it's not any fault of the games. Like they're they're they stated what they're going to do and they did that. And I purchased that game knowing full well, that's what it was, but I ended up going, I don't, I need more now. I, I need an RPG layer. I need some more I need something. Mi- I need microtransactions. Just... <laughs> no, I, no, it's not an EA game. <laughs> there just needs Cause like yeah. I, that game, it just felt, it just, it just felt tired. It felt, stale to me so let me ask you a question how far since you sort of switched gears because we can come back to next since yeah. you switched gears into kill zone how much of kill zone did you play very little i so I, I mean i played i don't know about an hour and i was like and it lost you that quickly yeah so i mean not to i mean so because i also had this stack of other games sitting there right like, Ooh, play me so at some point in time you will probably return to it i would guess since yeah. you're 60 dollars in on it i am i am and i plan to play more of it it's just you know it's one of those things where I want to be playing a game on the new system that really has me coming back for more. And for a while, I thought that was Resogun because I kept playing Resogun. And I was like, oh, this is so rad. Uh, and then I put Knack in. And Knack is the one that's been hooked me, has, has done hooked me. So interesting. So Killzone, do you think that Killzone suffered from over-anticipation? As maybe, because I think that it was out there as the very top, you know, First well, well Killzone, is the, game. Killzone is the technical showcase for PlayStation 4, right? Much like Rise is sort of the yeah. how well How well was showcase. it achieving that? Was it achieve, how well was it achieving the technical showpiece for I mean, you? I think it's a beautiful game. I think it's, it's it, you put it in and you go, oh, this wasn't possible on my previous systems. Uh, because, and, I, because the funny thing is, I haven't even opened the cellophane on Killzone. Really? Well, because I got caught up in other games and I've yeah. been super busy with work. But besides super busy, they, I, really, I got caught up in Knack and well, Rivals, which yeah. is... That's what I want to get. Gobsmackingly awesome, fantastical. Yeah, but uh, but I'm curious because you know, like the the thing for me of Killzone is sort of the put it on and relax and check out the visuals. And I was watching. Uh, we were, I was over at a friend's house for a party on Saturday night, and they had on uh, Killzone on the PS4, and it, it struck me as this odd game that was sort of straddling PS3, 360 gen and next gen. There were parts of it that felt really super next gen. There's parts like there's the lighting and the shadowing and you're like, oh man, that's, yeah. that's really impressive. And then there's the, you know, what, what the designers would call the furnishing, which is, you know, all of the objects and there's, there's a lot of detail yeah. up close in the environments. But then you sort of look at the rest of the package and there's other parts that immediately grab you and say, well, that's not that much different than what we used to have. There's a lot of skyboxing. There's a lot of yeah, but it's beautifully it's done. It's beautifully done, yeah. but you've seen beautiful skyboxes, sure. And that's not and and there's still a lot of there's still very very carefully controlling vistas. So although it gives you a great perception of being 
uh, a, a vast battlefield. It's always actually very, it's pretty close and tied up. I was hoping to see more of that sort of, you know, the horizon stretching off to, you know, a bajillion miles away from you. Well, mm. But of course, you know, the first, you know, launch games of next-gen consoles are always... They're always oh, sure. sort of straddling that line, sure, right? Sure. Yeah. And I, mean, I think visually the place that stood out for me was that the you know, the lighting and the shadowing effects certainly stood at, at a next level place. But I wasn't feeling like the art and the texture work was able to keep pace quite as well. Maybe. I I, I really overall was impressed with the visuals and and felt it felt the frame rate solid. It feels really yep. it feels really next gen to me. I even applaud them for the stuff with the, your little robot friend. Your little uh, robot friend. I that, Owl, yeah. I think that's really cool. I think I, I love the idea that they added some traversal elements that are interesting, like how he can sort of climb any almost anything, you know, around. Uh it, it felt it felt like they weren't just resting on what Killzone has always been. It's like, oh no, that this owl guy is gonna let you, you know, zip line around and he's granted gonna... they get rid of like all of that stuff in the second half of the game. Do they really? You pretty much never use that grappling hook after the second level. So oh, really? <laughs> just that's a bummer. <laughs> anyway, I was I was giving them credit for that because I think that's a, I think that's cool and and it just I just found myself, you know, pushing up on the D pad to find out where the where I'm supposed to go, wandering around. Well, so I, I guys can shoot I me. Don't, I don't know if that's Killzone's fault or if we're just like so trained by corridor shooters that yeah. like we're so used to just the game telling us go from point A to point B that when it drops you in that forest level and you're like. Uh, where do I go? Well, but the know? problem is you're in this forest level, but the only thing to do in the forest is to get to where you're next supposed to be. If there was other stuff to do, mm-hmm. like Far Cry or whatever, uh, where I mean, there are multiple objectives. Uh, that yeah, but up. I mean, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, know, I, I, I if totally there was reason to yeah. scavenge or search around or explore that that area, it would be much more interesting. Now, mm-hmm. just for some context, you how, how much did you guys? Do you guys like the series in general? Like, how, how much are you, how big a kill? Because I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I've been always yeah. been pretty lukewarm. Well, I, 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 I loved Killzone Two. Uh, I, I love okay. yeah, Killzone Two was great to me. And well, if you don't remember, if you never played Killzone One, Killzone One aspired to so much, but was just so technically hamstrung. Yeah, I mean, right. it, it, the stuff that it did with uh, the first person view, like just you know th- that shake that that yeah. the camera does when you run, like. Like that was pretty innovative for its time, Very innovative, yeah. yeah. But it ran at like five frames per second on PS2. <laughs> and then, so. and I felt three. three. I felt three was really a letdown. I felt three was just very rote and and especially after two. Like two had such a so essentially two was like a, a military shooter that just happened to take place in space. Like <laughs> yeah. it was like super grounded and like it was. It, it it was definitely a lot more like quote unquote realistic than Call of Duty and Medal of Honor at the time. It just happened to have like laser weapons and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> right. How about multiplayer? I haven't even touched it. So it uses the Warzone thing, yeah. which is really cool because for cycling stuff in and out. And you know, I think I think that ultimately multiplayer could be this kill zone's hidden gem or hidden silver lining. Because at some point in time, people are going to want to have that game that they settle in and play with on a regular basis. And I think the kill zone could easily be it with the Warzone system. Mm. So. All right, let's take a little break. We will come back on the other side, and when we do, uh, we will get on with Knack, because I definitely want to talk about some Knack, and we'll continue on our PlayStation 4 stuff before moving into uh, the Xbox One, which is launching, launching this weekend. By the way, uh, if you are uh, you know looking for something else to do over the weekend, the folks over at Nintendo World Report are doing their fourth annual live podcast, Telecon, Telethon, Telecon. What would a telecon be? That would be like a convention that was done. That'd be like, hey, kid, I got a bridge to sell you. (laughs) Please hold. That's a robot that transforms into a phone. 
So anyway, Nintendo World Report's doing their fourth annual live podcast telethon for Child's Play. That's this Saturday, November 23rd. It starts at 9 a.m. Pacific. That's noon Eastern. Every hour, they're going to have a different topic, format, special guests, prizes, live calls. They've got all kinds of stuff going on. Of course, you know we're good friends with Nintendo World Report. That was the site that that Mr. Billy Berghammer started once upon a day. He will be among their special guests, as will uh, Chris Kohler, the cast of 8-4 Play, and a bunch of other. They're trying to earn 5000 dollars for child's play which i think is uh that's achievable you can definitely help them out details are over at ninwr.com that's the initials for nintendo world report.com coming up this weekend that's their telethon podcast so check that out and we will be right back this episode is brought to you by doghouse systems if you want high-end powerful gaming computers i can personally recommend and i think you agree with me garnett you know i do Doghouse Systems puts together a beautiful system. They get the best performance for the value. You get gorgeous graphics, high resolution, ironclad stability, and zero frame lag. These guys are gamers themselves. I've talked to them. They made a system for me that I use to play games. I mean, there's no better uh, recommendation than that. Yeah, I'm very happy to have these guys on board. You know, this is one of the things where we talked about, you know, who could we get and who would be interested to have sponsors on the show and, and it would be great if we had people we really believed in. Yeah. And this just happens to be the company that I bought my PC from as well. I bought them after you got yours from there. I bought it as well, yeah. And I have to say, you know, one of the things that's big to me, if you're gonna if you're not gonna build which, granted, I mean, I get it if you want to build. If you want to build, a, uh, God love you. Actually, I went up in my closet the other day and pulled down my box that had all my like little screws and wires and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I remember all this stuff. And I don't, I don't actually miss that stuff that much either because these guys do such a better job internally of putting together the system than I did. And that's because, look, they build numerous systems every day. So, of course, they have it down. I remember, you know, we talked last week about how good their cable management is. Their customer service is really strong. That's the big thing, too, is they have great customer service, which is hugely important. Anything you you have that goes wrong with your system, you want to be able to talk to a human being yeah. and get it fixed. And these guys are, they have very personal customer service. It's and, great. And because they use, you know, you know, gold star standard stuff inside the box, they have very good support options. So, for instance, you know, little... I don't know if anyone knows this, my 680 that I bought in my original system had a heat failure. Hmm. And when it failed, they were actually able to use the NVIDIA warranty and they cross-shipped me on this deal too. So use the NVIDIA warranty, let me upgrade to a 770 GTX and just pay the difference. That's great. And I was like, like, this is a special deal? And they're like, no. I mean, he's like, they're like, it's no big deal. They're like, your card had a lifetime warranty on it. He's like, we're going to return that card anyway. And, you know, the generation has changed. Yeah, it's a little bit more expensive card, but I was able to do the upgrade. And I think the big benefit was that it's, you're talking to real people. Yeah. And, and they are gamers, too. And they have a special offer for Weekend Confirmed listeners. This is awesome. If you use the code TGIF, you get a free Weekend Confirmed t-shirt and, and, and a $30 credit on Slashloot.com. That's pretty great. So use that code TGIF, go to www.doghousesystems.com and see which system fits your needs. Don't forget to use the TGIF code. You get your free weekend confirmed t-shirt and a $30 credit on Slash Loot. All right. Big thank yous to uh, Doghouse Systems there in Dallas, Texas, fans of the show and really happy to have them on board as a sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Kanak. Here, I want to set this up. I want to set this up. So uh, obviously Andrew came up, was on last week talking about it. Didn't like it. I, well, let's not talk about Android. How about joystick dropping a three on it? A lot of negativity about it. So there was a there was a, a a lot of stuff in the air about how bad it was. Uh, I you and I were talking about what games we were going to get weeks ago. Yes, and we, were. we you know this Amazon offer came up: to buy one get or buy two get one free. Uh, I wanted to get Need for Speed, 
when I logged on to Amazon to do that, they were out of need for speed or it was not available for some reason. And so you had talked about wanting knack and I know my nephews were coming to town. I was like, all right, I'll get knack. Didn't really want to <laughs> got like, it. I and didn't then, really want to do it. But and I then I got to. it. And then it was sitting at home last week. I mean, cause they, uh, everything arrived early except the system <laughs> was sitting at home last week. And I was like, Oh my God, came home from doing the podcast, was looking at it, literally logged on to the Amazon website and selected return. Cause I was going to exchange it for, wow. for speed and found out, by the way, this whole locker system. Do you know about this Amazon locker system? I, I've seen Evidently, it. They the, show it all the time. The nearest one it. to me is in a Seven Eleven. Is that weird? <laughs> I think that's weird. Aldo, don't rely on lockers too much because a lot of the partner retailers are pulling out of the service. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. No more 7-Eleven Because what's in it for them? Exactly. So like Radio Shack used to be a, a Amazon locker p- purchase, which was like hilarious if you like shipped a camera there and it's like, ah, this piece of technology that i'm not gonna buy from you guys ever <laughs> yeah right. ever uh, thanks for being it was <laughs> way cheaper yeah, thanks for being the camel for yeah. My, yeah um anyway i uh i i then heard my friend dan trachtenberg talking about how much he liked it i was like uh, i think he described it. it as the dark souls of the launch right i'm surprised that you st- i'm surprised that you Which that kept you in exactly not something that i would have been drawn wait to. wait did someone else call knack the dark souls of Okay. Yeah, Dan, okay. Dan, Dan, yeah, because 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 I made that comparison. I'm like, it's weird to admit that it's, for a children's it's, game, but it's a platformer Dark Souls. <laughs> um, but I put it in, and I really like it a lot. I don't disagree with almost anything you said last week, Andrew. Like, you all your criticisms are super valid, and yet, like, I think this is a classic, more fun than it is good game. I I'm having so much fun with it, but I have lots of criticisms of it. I mean, there's lots of things that I would change if I could about it, but, and yet I'm having a blast playing it. I really, really love the combat system and as challenging as it is and as frustrating, super frustrating as the checkpointing system is. Right. I mean, ultimately I think that's, that that's the game's biggest flaw because yes, you, you, you have this like great sense of accomplishment when you go, go through this like really difficult section and then to have to do it again because you like sneezed while like this like ant like bit you and you blew up into a million pieces. But I think this, and when you die, you fucking die in that game. <laughs> you blow the hell up. He's very we've, fragile. We've all just forgotten. We've all just forgotten what gaming was like seven or eight years ago. This is not. I mean, this is a Longer throwback. Than that. Yeah, Battletoads was a thing once. Yeah, this that's not is, seven or eight years no, ago. No, no, that's no. like seven or eighteen yeah. years. Ago. Hey, this, I know. <laughs> this checkpointing system is absolutely throwback in its mentality. It is. It is. It you learn how you, to get to the next spot. You gain nothing from that. I'm not, uh, I'm not changing any of the arguments. I'm simply saying it is throwback in its approach. When you die on something and you go back and you go back so much farther than you thought you were going to have to, it is, it's depressing. <laughs> it's well, like, it, what? It, 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 all, all the it, way back here? But once again, it's like there's like clear moments where they could have just added a checkpoint, right? Yeah. Like the, it's, it's the sense of momentum, I think. That's really the, the main problem, right? It's like, yeah. oh, well, now I have to repeat that platforming section as well, you know? It's like it's odd that, that they make these like breaks at these – there's these valleys and hills and like – it's like, no, we're just going to completely ignore that. Just, <laughs> right. Like, right. And my, sometimes I, those breaks even are places where they take control of the camera and they show a vista yeah. and you have like a, you know, like a mini cutscene, and yet you go back before that. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't I, happen a ton. I mean, they should just make but... it more hardcore and just make you like have to start from the beginning of the game. <laughs> no, please. Like, might as well go all the way. Make it, make it Mario Brothers 1 style. <laughs> you know? I, I have to say, though, the, the thing that mitigates that frustration level for me, and it's something I mentioned before on the show, I really truly believe that 
there is an inversely proportional relationship between my frustration level and how fast I'm back into a game after I die. And the fact that in Knack, it's almost instantaneous that you die and you're back. There's yeah. no loading. There's no waiting around for That's a very good point. Seconds. I hadn't really thought about that. I, that, I think, is the thing that makes me so pissed off when I die over and over on something is like, ugh, I have to sit here and wait. I can't even try it yet again. Loading, loading. Yeah. Here's the loading screen, by the way, or, the, or worse yet than a bar, like a whole screen that flashes out. Here's yeah. a hint. Here's a hint on yeah. how to improve at the game. I've read this hint five times. Screw off. <laughs> exactly. It's like the Meat Boy approach, right? Where you're just mm-hmm. like, boom, 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 try again, try again. Yeah, you That's can quicker you, you can keep at it because there's there's no barrier. There's no, there's no impediment between you and trying it again. I mean- the fact that you go farther back than you would like, right. that's a little bit of a bummer. And I, were I given the chance, I would change that in a heartbeat. I would make more checkpoints in this game. I don't think that would hurt the game in any way because it's a long, lengthy, deep game. There's there's plenty to do. It's not like making more checkpoints would make it how, a shorter experience. How far, did, how far into the adventure are you? I'm on seven. World so, seven. So the the, fasc- eight, the fascinating thing about that game is like the the first like third of the game you're is about this like one villain when there's clearly another villain <laughs> just like 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 waiting in the shadows. You're like, come on, just be evil already. And then, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and no, yeah. And his, his, you can tell he's evil just by the way he was well, designed. They, I mean, they, they're not even really hiding it. Right. It's kind of but that's fine. I mean, you get. That that's a pretty common storybook fairy but, tale sort of. A, it's a fairy tale approach. But what you don't expect is that there, like after he finally, finally, finally turns into a bad guy, there's another big bad after that, <laughs> and then one more big bad after that. Like, but I have to say that the way the story is presented is really high quality. I, I think the cutscenes are all really well done. The characters are interesting. I love how you have the guy who would be the hero in this game, but you don't play as him, you know, like the ponytail blonde dude. Um, I kind of want his own game like that. And that, and the, the grappling gun that the kid has, like put those people. Okay, in okay, when, he, when, it's very Disney in that. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, very Disney. Yeah. When, when the grappling hooks came, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. I want why one of those. Why don't, why don't you help out? Why are you <laughs> yeah. forcing me to punch everything? Well, there's a lot of that in the game where they're like, okay, go on ahead. Knack. I hope you don't explode in two hits. We'll be hanging back here. You know, it's like, well, screw you guys. Uh, the funniest, uh, I had the funniest comment in, in the Twitch, uh, stream that I was in. Somebody said to about the character models. Somebody said, all these guys skipped legs day. <laughs> I thought that was so clever. <laughs> yeah. He was also top heavy. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, some other gripes that I think are unavoidable. Like, we're in the next gen. Why is stuff fading away when I break it? In a game that's all about bits and pieces and you have such a satisfying feeling when you break something. So let's, let's set things up a little bit here because there's, I think there's a lot of uh, just general... I don't know what Knack is about out there. So Knack is about a kingdom where it takes place on this world and the world has a bunch of ancient ruins and relics and the scientist comes up with a manner to uh, create a being that is able to grow by finding by by coming across relics in the world and sort of drawing them up into his body, thereby increasing his size. When you've seen these videos where Nat gets larger and smaller, so he's like pulling up relics and sometimes given different environmental challenges and so forth and puzzles, he can use some of his body mass of relics to do other things. I'll leave it at that. So there's not you know not, not going to disclose too much of what's going on there. And then you go on this now, none adventure. None of that is particularly interesting anyway. <laughs> right. Then you really? go on this. And it's not really right, but <laughs> yeah. it's part of it. And then you go on this adventure to save the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you and you know it's ba- it's your basic platforming brawler where you're gonna walk into an area. There's very few enemies that you're fighting at any given time. Mostly, it's two or three. In each in, of them have a trick. 
or, yeah. or a signature well, that, that element. Def- to that them. definitely changes later on in the game. It's also definitely more brawler than platformer. Right? Much there's, more there's, brawler. There's, to yeah. call it a platformer is a bit. Oh, I know. I was playing Mario and that <laughs> intermittently, and it's like, oh, this is not like even you, a comparison. You, you can't die in any of the platforming sections, for example. There's like no, there's no actual skill or challenge. <laughs> well, you but, can die because you're jumping over electric fences and crap like that. That'll or like you know, there's that conveyor belt level where you have to jump over things. And yeah, I guess there's there's, some, there's some some minor platforming, but it, it definitely yeah. like the lat. I mean, you're still like in the first half. But rather of the game, than worrying about that, I actually really like the brawling. The, the brawling is the, the brawling is great the because thing what they did, the I think, that's very very clever of them is it's a one button normal attack, and the normal attack has, of course, you know, like the two tap and creates a combo. Actually, I guess it's a three tap combo. Is one two yes, and then you can use it in conjunction with jumps and moves. And there's a nice dodge on the right stick. But then to layer on top of that, there's a power system. Where you get where you're building up power meters that allow you to do super attacks that are all started with the circle button and then one of the other buttons and then one of them is a, one of them is an you know an AOE one of them is a more of a room clearing like effect around you and then one of them is a ranged effect and like that combination between standard attack which you can use in you know every day you can beat any enemy so far that I found mm-hmm. does that can hold true up through seven oh yeah as long as you're careful and know what you're doing combined with you know, powering up, watching when you're getting gems, when you're going to use those, and deciding when to use those best tactically is a really cool combat dynamic. It yeah, works well, those, really well. Those effectively are your oh shit buttons, and uh, or I'm so frustrated I can't get yeah, past this Yeah, uh, essentially because uh, when you restart a checkpoint, you uh, have the same power meter. Yeah. It's just like, okay, I died too many times here. I'm just going to press circle. And they almost always leave gems right next to a checkpoint. So if you're dying over and over, you can just keep you can just build your gym meter of back up. Of course, the and, frustrating thing is if you use your uh, yeah. special power and then and you die, die. Yeah. then it, the game remembers that like <laughs> it still maintains that, so you have to like, uh, it's like I guess I should die 12 more times in order to, <laughs> yeah. to get the power meter back. The but it also the, reloads gems, so you can continue to yeah, power yeah. up the, yourself. The, the problem with the, the circle attacks, though, is that, yeah, they, they are three different functions, but ultimately they end up doing the same thing yeah like, they're all they're all just killing the, the room, on the screen the rooms aren't big enough where like having a a, a ranged attack is actually any more valuable than having an area hmm, even attack. through level three i found that not exactly to be true i mean there are cases where i found the ranged attack to be much more useful than than the area effect and if you use the you know if you use the on you effect it lasts a little longer and you are much more in control and can wipe out more people with it so I kind of I think all of them bit. are effectively kill everything in the room. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's no the range effect thing. Well, at least unless you power it up, it only it only targets three enemies. Uh, I think that's probably correct, but I don't know. It, t- it tends to work out it's that everybody's stunned and yeah. you can just kill. But if you in come room. into a if you come into an in an area where you have a variety of attackers, maybe a couple of them are the aerial nuisance type like the bird things maybe a couple I like of them. the birds where you punch them and they just fly away yeah they're just like okay yeah yeah i'm done with this <laughs> i like that i think I know, that's it's funny because everything else explodes in this game and the birds are like yeah okay and and ranges and to be here <laughs> but the, the, for yes. me for me the thing about the combat isn't necessarily st- the strategy of, of when to use this or when to use that attack it's more about and this is why it's, it's compared to dark souls it's more about the fact that just as Andrew said last week, any enemy can kill you. Any and every single enemy you fight in this game, from the tiniest little bug to the chirpiest little bird to the squishiest little man, every enemy can kill you. Dead. And so... Conversely, ev- everything you fight also can right. die. and most of the stuff, yeah, yeah, you can kill in one or two hits. 
so every single encounter is heightened is it has has stakes and this is of course what everybody loves about dark souls is all the combat is 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 really you're on the edge of your seat every time and you have to be good you have to know the tells of the enemies you have to be able to you know and those enemies some of their attack animations are really devilish like the guy will slash two times and then jump backwards so you you miss you dodge the two slashes and you want to get him but he d- jumps backwards so you run up closer to him and then he slashes you again you know it's like right. you got to you got to know what you're doing and you learn these guys and I just find myself so, having so much fun with that. I mean, the reason why I find this conversation so interesting is that neither of you have gotten past the first half of the game. Because I actually love the game at Level, first. level oh, 7 really? is still I, not even halfway no, through. No, it's like, what, there's 13 levels or something? Interesting. I think it's, it's really long. Yeah. Uh, like I, I, can't, I can't really remember the exact number. But yeah, you guys are about halfway through the game. Uh, and... And yeah, like I, I played the first half in co-op and like we were both having a good time. And then it's just like, oh man, at a, at a certain point, it's just like, too I much. Need, I need this to stop. Like I can't, <laughs> I, they, 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 this should have ended like two mega villains ago. Yeah, but you know? know what? How much of that is a function of being in the review cycle? I mean, it's true. I, I, I've, it's, it's certainly not the ideal way of playing a game, right? Playing a game right. for, in just two sessions, like two con- nonstop sessions, yeah. period. Like that's, right. that's And the other thing the that you didn't have the benefit of, which I'm really enjoying. The PlayStation is, Network stuff. Yeah. It's really cool. And when you find us a, a chest, you can either – it has it's populated with a random power-up item that you can assemble into gadgets. And – you either get the random thing that your playthrough spawned or you get what the people in your friends list that have played this that found that found in their chest. You can select and you can see, oh, you know, that person got this and that person got this and oh, I'm I'm uh, uh, collecting this set. So I'm going to pick this. Yeah, one. Yeah, because I mean, I, I told you that in my playthrough, because obviously I didn't have a PSN access at the time. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I was so close to completing pretty much all of the sets, you know. But I yeah. ended up, I think there's like 12 different power-ups you can get pretty much. Like some, something along, the, along those lines. I ended up with two. Two complete. Yeah. And, and they all have tons of parts that you and can I was, find. And I was one away from everything else. <laughs> so that, 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 I'm just like, that's stupid. Right. Like, yeah, so but like if you two, had had options as you collected if, them, you if probably would have gotten if, more. If, if I felt like my character was growing throughout the adventures, then yeah, of course, like I would feel a lot more better about, you yeah. know, like, where i where the game is going but for me i had the same knack for the entire game pretty yeah. much you know yeah and and well, i'm of, really enjoying that i i think that that that's a the gripes are that these the secrets that you find where you find them are always the same kind of thing it's a false door false wall that you yeah bust through. it's like you're in someone's mansion and you're like whoa he <laughs> has the exact same cave in his house that- <laughs> yeah and and they're never it's it's very strange where they're put like there's a lot of things that look like they should be a false wall or there's a giant box sitting there for some reason and it's just not a box and there'll be you know invisible walls everywhere you know something that looks like you should be able to jump onto it you can't jump onto it there's a I have a lot of gripes I mean the thing I was kind of mentioning before is every enemy that you you kill vaporizes disappears phases out and this game is all about breaking stuff and knocking stuff into its component parts and knack is made up of little bit little bits that smash everywhere and there's such a great feeling when you break through a wall you feel like you it, it really has a a wonderful sense of weight and heft when you bash something and when you're you know the size of a building and you breaking stuff and it, it does a great job of letting you break lots of things but then they all disappear and it's like 
give me the joy of seeing the destruction that I have wrought. Or, you know? All right, here's a first-person shooter idea called Mountain of Corpses. <laughs> Mountain <laughs> of Corpses. I mean, I mean, no, but seriously. that Mountain that, of Corpses. What you're talking about brings up an awesome, you know, I mean, that's something that I've always wanted from the beginning when shooters. It's like when stuff you know, falls over and disappears or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I want to be able to walk back through a level and see all the carnage that I've wrought or yeah. at least have that have an impact on me where I'm like, whoa, dude, you know, you're going a little crazy. Well, here. there's there's been games even this generation that have done that, that have, this stuff doesn't phase out. I can't think of any off the top but of it's, my head but right it's, now. But it's rarely ever on that scale where you're like, you yeah. know, you, you could be in any shooter and kill like 80 dudes and not feel like you've killed 80 people. And then, but then if you had a game where you're actually like, wow, dude, this battlefield I mean, is, may, is I, really. I don't know if my memory is uh, lying to me, but I feel like Perfect Dark and, and GoldenEye, the, the bodies didn't disappear. Mm, I don't Maybe. remember. I feel I'm like. Not, you might be right. I, there, may, there may have been games that have done I it. Mean, past, that, that's, that was, I mean, that was N64. Didn't like Dead. Uh, uh, Dead Space not have any of the enemies disappear? Aren't they all just kind of strewn around? Yeah, yeah. but it's never like. It's never on the scale of, yeah. you know, you really feel, I mean, yeah, you're, I mean, I, th- I, shooter, I, so. I, I do think, yeah, because the body count has amp, like ratcheted up so much more this generation, this, this previous generation. It's like, well, you can't fit that on Ram, but you know, <laughs> right, the right. generation before that, it's like, well, you're fighting like two dudes on screen yeah. at most. And it's it's yeah. funny that that stood out to you because that's not, that just, I don't know. It didn't, it's different. People have different things. So what stood out to me about knack was I think the whole dynamic idea of knack growing and shrinking mm-hmm. by drawing things in and then losing them is really cool. It and is. I, and I had, I had hoped, you know, having seen a hint of that, that it would be what it is, which is that as you get bigger and stronger, your health bar gets bigger and stronger. Mm-hmm. I hope that though, that that would also be sort of a dynamic thing. And I guess that's too hard to program for because it really is a case where, the now you're in a big level. Now yeah, you're in a small the max level. size or the or actually the size parameter of knack at any given spot in the level is is pretty much predetermined. It so is it's not a it's yeah. not a dynamic thing. And I understand there's some no places there's some places where you would need to be that way just to be you know fitting within the level raw properly. But I kind of hoped there would be a little more tactical trade off of of that. I agree. And that that, that really cool. didn't that didn't come to fruition. But one of the things that they do really well. Uh, especially in a game that can feel as frustrating or that when you're fighting enemies and they're so tough and there's like, oh my God, there's a giant robot. They tend to smartly, I I think, give you, uh, make you bigger and then serve up those same enemies that have been giving you a problem. And you just stomp the shit out of them. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'm big now, motherfucker. You're like, troll, bitch (laughs) slap. Exactly. And it's like the the guys who were really scary before, now you're just smacking out of the way. Feels good. Yeah. It's a very satisfying feeling. And and that, I think I mentioned in my review, my favorite moments in Knack are when you're big, and I wish they did more of that. And going going to what you're saying, when when you play as Crystal Knack, that's like, that's when you can change your size, but that's for like two levels. Oh, the stealth knack? Is that yeah. in like the Breaking yeah. Bad yeah. level? <laughs> yeah. Is the blue. Get him part of the blue. But there's a lot, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a lot of different versions of knack that you play that but ultimately, are really, in, they're interesting, they're but they're in, kind they, of the same. They're interesting, but at the same time, you don't actually play as them for very long. Right. You're, I, I, I think I called it vanilla knack. You, you're pretty much vanilla knack most of the game. Yeah. So like 10% maybe you're, you're trying something new. You know? Well, I'm I'm definitely sticking with it. I'm less far into it than Jeff is, but I'm I'm really positive. I'm really Me positive. Me too. It's the game that I keep coming back to when I want to have fun on my PS4. I'm like, I want to have fun. I'm going to put Knack in. And I've been super happy with all my choices so far. I, mean, I haven't opened Killzone with that and Resogun and Resogun's Rivals. Great. I mean, let's you know, let's talk some about Resogun cuz that was your first game. Yeah. How did you put that down? Well, what well, I mean, 
because it's hard. <laughs> but uh, like even hard, it's so no, fun. It's very fun. You know, it's a game that I know that I'm always going to have. It's it's going to be. It is going to be like Geometry Wars because yeah. it has the it has that leaderboarding thing, and I'm always going to be looking up at one of my or at a handful of my friends who are so into it that they are going to master the shit out of that game. Oh yeah, and that's cool because they're gonna have a great time with it. But Bonk I'm still gonna have a fun. I'm gonna have a ton of fun. With How that great game. is it the first time you play that and you hear? Save the last humans from your controller. Your controller, you're like, yeah. oh, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, I know the Wii has done that for a long time. But, but like, there's, cool. there's something about the DualShock controller speaker is like it's really loud, but <laughs> yeah. it's also really clear. Well, yeah. you can adjust that sound. By the way, if you don't know this, you can use the PlayStation button to open that PlayStation menu, and one of them is adjust devices. And but I bet that actually means change things on your controller. <laughs> adjust devices. It's such a weird mental way of communicating that but yeah if you go into adjust devices you'll see a uh, uh two two volumes one volume for your headphones that are connected into the controller and one for the speaker so you can adjust that yeah and ps the uh the single bud system yeah how are not, you guys digging the head the throwaway a, bud <laughs> not yeah. a fan well you know what the thing is is that that bud fits in your ear about as well as the old apple buds did which is not very well i mean the but the mic it, works really well it's fun to make fun of the bud but the real takeaway is that holy shit there's a non-proprietary headphone jack into your in your controller well, well, why can't i just plug my iphone headphones in and have it work have my, the microphone work the microphone doesn't work for you i don't i don't think so. I, it should work should it yeah it's a it's a non-proprietary uh it's just, a, it's just a triple ring plug. If you yeah. look at that mini plug, it's just a standard yeah. you know, tri- three ring plug. Two yeah, oh, I know that. Yeah. And, and it works to for listening, but I didn't think the microphone worked. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it should, it, make sure you put it in all the way. Yeah, that's one thing. That jack, actually, <laughs> that's funny you said that. that. When so I first in. did my Twitch, I would plugged in my mic and no one could hear me. And I realized it was just because the clip inside was still really tight and I had to really push it in there to get yeah. it to lock in. We tried a, uh, a iPhone uh, set of headsets. And the sound was great, but the microphone was quiet, which I thought was really qu- weird because typically I find the the headset that comes with your iPhone to be a really good microphone. Yeah. But vice versa, the microphone that comes with it on the cheap bud sounds really good, but that bud. But I can't just plug. I just can't just plug uh, USB headphones into it either. Into the, not USB, yeah, but not you USB. can plug a, you can yeah. plug regular headsets in there. Yeah, yeah. Or re, you know, regular headphone and mic thing. Mm-hmm. So Resogun, it's awesome. So good and yeah. so fun, and I think that you know, I mean, it really is Defender 2.0. It's Defender, yeah, with with a heavy, heavy dose of Super Stardust, sure, which, which makes the sense, boosting right? Boosting and stuff, yeah. So the boosting and so many things that I didn't realize until I took two seconds and read the manual, which, by the way, is worthwhile. So do you know how? Do you know how the whole like capture the human things works? I believe so. That when the green things spawn, you have to kill them before they get out of there. Or your little man will die in his pod. You've totally figured it out. I figured it out b- through playing because we were, we were playing co-op a bunch and I was like, why are my dudes dying in their little yep. hole? And I just kind of, but it kept announcing. Keepers. Uh, yeah, keepers. Whenever you hear that, you got to find them really quick. And, and those then you got to the, kill them. Yep. And then once you kill them, they come out and then you got to find your dude because your dude could get carried away by enemies as well. So if you watch closely, so the keepers, once you hear that, you have to skirt or, you know, boost around and find the enemies that have green in them. Yeah. And sometimes they're on a track. And sometimes they're loose. Right. And then once you kill the last one, you'll see like a little beam of light come out of him and that'll zap to where he's letting it out of the cage. Right. So if you do that, that sometimes it'll be all the way on the backside of the level. And you got to boost around and get over there. But it's so worth it because that's how you build up all your boosts. That gets you like bonus for your weapons. It gets you shield. It gets you extra life. But meanwhile, you're still trying to maintain your multiplier. So you got to be shooting stuff on the way. You can't just run over there because your multiplier will go dead. It's a lot of stuff to be thinking about in that game, which is really, really cool. And three different ships to start off with. Yeah. And I think there are more after that that you can unlock. 
I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. I, I, my one gripe with that game though is, I, does it need to have bosses? Yeah, I don't think oh, it does. Oh, whoa! How? Ah! I think Geometry Wars style just make the shit crazier and crazier. Really? Yeah, it would be better. I, See, I'm opinion. usually not a boss fan, but I think that that game is just so deliciously like arcade, old school. That having having those bosses is just the sauce. I don't know. I, I felt like just just keep ramping it up. Just make it nuttier and nuttier. Maybe you could alternate. You know what? Maybe you could alternate. Maybe there would be. Maybe there could be some levels that had bosses and other levels that didn't. And and it does. It does definitely change the game because suddenly the boss shows up and now it's a you know it's a bullet hell dance because you've yeah, got to exactly. dance. The, you know you got to watch the patterns and fly through the patterns correctly and and you know okay so he's doing a little he's doing a pinwheel right now okay well I can sneak up through there yeah. and then I can come back through here right like, like a little sinistar type. Yeah. yeah, there's a yeah, lot more bullet hell in that game than I thought there was going to be. I mean, even those things that populate at the bottom of the screen that just shoot stuff up yeah, at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot more bullet hell than Dude, I thought. Boost is your friend, though, because the more – also what I read, the more you – because when you boost, you're invulnerable. Yeah, and you boost through enemies, and it the gives more, you more boost. And the, and, yeah. Yeah. So it's like you can just – you can get on – you can get on like a boost high. <laughs> I'm boosting. Look out. I'm coming through. Boosting hard. Yeah. It's a great game. Very beautiful game, too. All right, well, so we're at the midpoint of the show. I want to make sure we cover Xbox One, but we still have uh, Rivals, which I definitely want to talk about Rivals. So, But Rivals is coming out on Xbox One as well. It's also out on Xbox and PS3, mm-hmm. which I, I'm kind of curious to see. I, I saw we got a copy in at the office. I was like, I wonder if I want to look at that on Xbox, or I wonder if I don't want to look at it on Xbox, because hmm. you know, it's kind of a, a hard call, right? Yeah. So why don't we take a little break? We can come back on the other side and talk rivals. And I also want to hear Jeff talk about uh, the end of AC Black Flag if, he, if it maintained its – you've maintained your love uh, for we, it throughout. Yeah, we can talk some about that if you'd like. All right. So stick around. The second half of this mid-next-gen launch weekend confirmed yet to come. This episode of Weekend Confirmed is brought to you by the Gamefly app, the must-have app for gamers with info on over 50,000 console, handheld, iOS, and PC games. Get up-to-the-minute gaming news along with thousands of HD videos and screenshots. Get into the action by creating your own profile, post updates about what you're playing, and stay connected with friends and other gamers. Tired of standing in lines? Find great deals on new and used games, pre-order upcoming titles, and get Gamefly's daily deals all from the palm of your hand. If you're already a Gamefly member, manage your game queue on the go and keep games you like with just one tap. Get the Gamefly app for free today on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. Jeff Kanata, you must get Need for Speed Rivals. Okay. You must get it. It is it is my favorite game on the PlayStation 4 right now. It is yeah. really it is awesome. How much do you want Forza though? How much do I want Forza? Would you uh, trade I, that for Forza? That's an impossible question to answer. <laughs> I want Forza a lot. I no lie, I want Forza a lot. I did did I want Forza $600 worth? Yeah. And that was the ultimate end of the of the discussion for me is that no, and then you know, we we we've been down that path. Do I want Forza a lot? Absolutely, I want Forza a lot. And it's a totally different experience that I'm right. expecting from Forza. I mean, yeah. from Forza, I'm expecting, you know, uh good car physics real racing action playing you know really getting in my cars and adoring them rivals is is ditch the cops i hesitate to say best in a series like need for speed because there's so many need for speeds to go back and remember like how much i like this one how much i like that one what's good about this one what's good about that one but it is absolutely in the upper echelon of need need for speed does It, it also use the rumble triggers that everyone is raving about like, uh, well, I don't know. I haven't played it on one, but I would guess it would. Does it? I don't know. I've only played the PlayStation 4 version. The... Mm, that's what I'm 
That sounds really exciting. I was talking to Spicer about it, and he, he and I were playing the other he night. And I, you, you and he were playing the other night, uh, and he was telling me that it wasn't very conducive to trying to play with a group of friends. That It's not. It, yeah. It's not. That's a bummer. But it's maybe maybe it's not a bummer. Let mm. me just throw this out to you. The thing that the thing that is cool about it and the mentality of the way the game was put together, it's clear that the idea is that you play Need for Speed whenever you want to and you play it however you want to and there's a number I want to. there's a number of things for you to do. I mean, whenever so you there's the cop career and the racer career and there's always a number of objectives for you to be completing. And rather than feeling obligated to get your friends together and play group experiences, the mentality behind the online play is that you just hop on and play online and all of that stuff like Andrew was talking about of things just organically happen happens because you're not playing with your friends. You're just all playing on the on the roads together and things may or may not happen at the same time. So I enter That's as a, great unless I want specific things to happen. I agree. I agree. So yeah, it's like it's it's very much designed the way it is, but you you can still interact with your friends, but it's more like well, I'm going to dominate this road. I'm going to get this speed camera. I'm going to get the longest jump here. So well, those things happen organically. You're dead, but the thing is, like, the fact that uh, you can see those leaderboards all the time and they're constantly updated, like, that, for me, that's, that's where, like, the quote-unquote multiplayer is uh, because I feel compelled to own as much of the map as I can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's, I love, that's the async part. That that yeah. part works very well. Well, the part Christian was talking about is synchronous multiplayer. Is, is, yeah. is all of us getting together and playing at the same time. And if we do that... You know, probably the things we want to do, we'll do races. And the well, that thing of when playing burnout and you get a group together and you just go from event to event yeah. and you guys are trying to out trick each other. It and doesn't do that. that. That is so much it doesn't fun. Do I agree. It, it does reward you when you're in all drive, though, when you, yes. when you like uh, team up with someone, you know. Well, you don't have to team up. When you are, so when you're in, when you're in a public, when you're in a server with other people on it, whenever you're doing things and you're like within range, and I don't know what the range arc is but when you're in range of other people you get multipliers so it rewards you for playing online which is encouraging you to play in an online state because back to that thing of like letting things happen organically so but to the point about christian the trouble we had is that we had a group of six people together and we wanted to do races and in order to do races what we had to do was go to the map somebody pick a race and then describe okay i'm on the east side of the lake oh no one stop south of the intersection of the highway because Rather than just being able to go to a race and say invite friends and have them all drop in, we Put couldn't. A, we wouldn't figure out how to do that. And it's well, worse. No, it's worse can. than that because then they would go, "Okay, I'm I'm here. Try to get to me." And they would get. There, and it's like, "Oh wait, there's a cop on me. I have to lose them. Hang on a well, second. Well, you do. You do have to go to the garage, and then from the garage you can uh, spawn right. on someone. Yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, so that's what we were doing. Like we got we figured that. So what we were doing is you go to your hideout, uh, go into the map, and then map spawn where everybody else but is. But there's but there's just so I get this. But right, there's, there's, no, there's no there's no way to launch an event and go. Okay, there's invite no, my there's Xbox no way, Live party. There's no way to like whatever, immediately immediately teleport to someone. Like when you're Yeah, there's no way to when group everybody on a launch. When spot. you're when you're like in the world already, like you have to get out of the world in order to like re-enter it, essentially. Like that it's 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 part of I think the con it's because of the way the racer career works. Like mm-hmm. the you can't bank your money until you like end your session, essentially. Because uh, if you and if you get taken down during that time, you lose all your money. So, well, which is, is a really cool risk reward system. So there's a really cool. So the risk reward system that Andrew is describing is that when you're on the racer side, everything you're doing is accumulating speed points. Should you get caught by the cops, which just involves and, and there's no getting. There's not like you get pulled over. You get pulled over by wrecking and taking so much damage that your car no longer moves. You lose it all. 
Oh wow, really? And so it's like it's like big money, big money, big money, no whammies. Oh wow. Because you've got to get That's to cool. you've got to get to your hideout. And the thing is the longer the longer you race, the higher the number of above your oh, head. So like, it's a push your luck. Uh and it's, and it's the totally cop, press your luck. And yeah. and cops, the way they make money is to take down racers. So when when you lose all your money, that goes directly to the cops that that took you down. So your so, heat level keeps going up. So it's like now you're level heat level two. Now you're heat level awesome. three. Yeah, now you're heat level cool. four. Yeah. Also, so the question that I have is: uh, Have you been mostly playing as a racer, and have you been mostly playing as a cop? Because I think uh, now that the game is live, you know, one of the balanced things that 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 ends up being apparent is that it's much easier to play as a cop. Than it's much it easier to play as a cop. And uh, so I've been playing two thirds racer, one third. Okay, cop. that's great to hear. Yeah, I, I actually, I I actually really enjoy playing as a racer just because of that 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 like mentality where it's like. I I really want to try to push my luck. As I, 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 I have gotten completely fucked. I had about yeah. 120,000 speed I, points. I had, I, had, I had over 200,000 and I lost it all. And I'm like, work on the I'm like I should have been the, so greedy. With the, with the cops because the cops are the aggressor, right? So if, yep. how, do, how do you lose all your shit if you're a cop? Like, you can't. You don't, so there's, not, there's no mechanism like that, but the gotcha. earning is not the same, right? Yeah, so right. You, so you, okay. the potential to earn is much higher with the racer. Uh, but with cops, you unlock cars automatically. So if you go through the progression, you don't have to buy cars. But conversely, you feel a lot more connected to your racer car because you have to buy every yep. every single one. That's of them. Cool I, I love it. It's yeah. asymmetrical. Yeah. I love it yeah. that, that like the that cop cool. career is a cop career and it works like a cop, and the racer career is a race career and it lo- yeah, works like, like being a racer, just like a real That's cop. So, you know, <laughs> unlock cars as you go. <laughs> right, you start with an AMG Mercedes <laughs> as right. usual, as every cop does. Yeah. <laughs> totally common. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think uh, one thing that I did note in my review is that like if you're it, Need for Speed, I think does a it won't sate the like itch of people that want a traditional racer. No, like, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, it's it, totally it not is, a racer. It is it is it's an arcade game. It 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 doesn't do that like the way you want it to. Like if you want to go like through circuits and like memorize routes and like you know, well, do you do want to memorize routes. I, you wanna, I would you argue want to memorize. You want to memorize them. You want to memorize the map, but like in terms of like a, a traditional race where you you know. The exact path that you're going to be taking. I got to take the, this corner times. at yeah. like whatever speed. Yeah, yeah, it's not exactly that kind of game, right? Like racing, racing is not actually is. that important. <laughs> mm, yeah, but driving, but driving, driving is and important. Learning, yeah, this driving is all about driving is important. Yeah. Racing is and learning the map is really important because knowing knowing how to get through the next series of five curves and get to my hideout when there's a shit ton of cops and a helicopter also, on me. Also, yeah, if you don't know exactly where your hideout is, um. And like the GPS sort of sort of tells you where sort it is. Of. Yeah, it's close. Uh, but you're just like, uh, is it that building? It better be that building. And look you're for just the garage mash- door. You're just mashing L1 as you're like, <laughs> like. What I figured out is look okay. for the garage door. The garage door is where the L1 will spawn, so you okay. can get into your garage. Yeah. The thing, the thing that they nailed on this game. Back to like, is it you know one of the best Need for Speeds? Is the feel of driving in this game is so perfect, especially as a racer. This game, like, you have to forget. If you're if you're a sim racer, definitely forget anything about sim racing dynamics because the game feels like it feels great like Ridge Racer 4 felt great. It feels great like go bombing into a hairpin and wait until way past where you should have broke braked. Put the nose right on the on the apex, jam the brakes for just a second, and you will get into a perfect drift that you can hold the trigger in just the right spot and carry as far as you want to carry. See that that is that is a big indicator for me in terms of racing games. The arcadiness versus not is do how much do I need my brakes other than to power slide? And if the answer is you need your brakes a bit, 
it's more on the semi side, like where you're like, okay, this is becoming more of a simulation. Most of these arcade racers, you're just like bombing around turns, tapping your brake to slide yeah. around. And no, I still screw up turns in this because I forget that, like, oh, that's right, I don't need to brake out here. I just yeah. wait until the last for, possible second. For me, I play Need for Speed after playing a lot of Forza, so it was just like, oh no, I'm yeah. just uh, I'm breaking way too early, you know. And then yep. trying okay. to play Forza after playing Need for Speed, I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> Why? And people have said that it's locked at thirty. And this goes back to that frame rate thing is that, look, if, if Need for Speed Rivals is locked at 30, then it's it's I think that it's a great argument for locking games at 30 when when a developer is legit about locking at 30. There's it just seems like there's such a bunch of inconsistencies well, you, out there between games that run at 60 frames and games that are locked at 30. But you can notice that game's locked at 30, but that doesn't look that you, good. You, you have you heard about the controversy over the PS4 version of Call of Duty? So Call of Duty, uh, apparently, it, it was supposed to be locked at 60, but people were noticing frame rate issues. And uh, uh, apparently, uh, I think Digital Foundry, uh, they finally did a test. Apparently, the problem was the game was running at higher than 60 frames per second. Huh. Uh, but but then it was dipping. But but the the like, I, I'm not exactly. They're super technical, and you know they're much smarter than me. But but essentially. Um, you know, it, it's still trying. It's trying to render sixty frames, but because of that disparity, it gives the appearance of dropped frames. Yeah, well, consistency, oh, and, consistency and so, of frame rate is more so, yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, the, yeah. I think the takeaway is like if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be locked at sixty, be locked at sixty. If you're gonna be locked at thirty, be locked. Just don't don't fluctuate. Well, and that's so why much. you lock at thirty is because yeah. you're like, hey, this looks great. We could go up to 40, 50, 60, but when, when you round this hairpin turn where all the shit's going on, yeah. it's going to chug regardless. Oh. So we need to lock it. Like in even, yeah, if it's like a, if it's like, 60 most of the time, but it turns 30 when you're yeah, tur- you turning. Yeah, you notice like, that you're like, yeah, oh. it, it, be, it, it I, I think to the player, like even if you're not technically minded, it's like, what's going on? That feels weird. And I think so. Yeah, for me, like if it, so long as the game's frame rate is steady, like that's really all that matters. And if you're know? if you're in a drift and you're trying to use your trigger just so slightly to keep just on the you know just on the razor edge of that drift, the last thing you can right. tolerate is a loss of frame rate, right? Yeah. Because it'll really blow your blow your. That's line. when that's when those individual frames but, actually matter. And like this game yeah. has not. I mean, this game just runs super smooth. It's it's really pretty. The special effects are cool. For instance, when the helicopters come after you, they do a lot of crazy lighting effect that makes it really like. Have you had a helicopter chase in the rain at night yes it's yes just, it's super hard to see the road it's see it becomes because they get in front of you and they throw their floodlights on you and you're like worrying okay when's he gonna throw those when's he gonna throw the spike strip down and right. it gets really really challenging because you've got the blue like you've got water on the beating up on the windshield and you've got the light reflecting off the water and there's like crap flying everywhere through the air and you're trying to go like you know 180 miles an hour i wish there were a, a cockpit view I, I do first person view only yeah. but oh. I, I really wish there was a, a cockpit view yeah, it's weird yeah. because even when you're in chase car view, you still get on camera effects, which some people don't like. You right. Know, yeah. I love cockpit view. I think it's there's no cock. There's only two views in the game. Yeah, there's a, look. There's a few drawbacks. There's a few things like I think that obviously multiplayer they definitely could have handled that more elegantly. There's only two views. There's only chase cam and bumper cam, and that's it. And the chase cam is the one is the one I would use all the time because of setting up your drifts. But the one problem I have with the chase cam is there are places where the angle of the camera is too flat and so you can't see over it's, your it's a little difficult to yeah, see yeah so that's that's why I stick to the first person view just cuz like I can't see past the I car. find I find that true with a lot of I mean even Grand Theft Auto was that way for me where it was basically always adjusting the right stick to t- yeah. to torque the camera over the hood a little bit and you can use this yeah. right stick here to look around but you can't use it to alter that angle and stick it so mm. you know you're, so, you're sort of you get what you get right, you know right. and I, I wish that they had had I wish they had maybe had another maybe pulled back or pulled up a little bit but the minor 
minor but, things. But, I mean, it, because the camera is so low, you get such a great sense of speed. Like, yeah, this, the sense this, of speed is really good. Like, See, once you, uh, once you what about the unlock... sense of need? <laughs> <laughs> I have a sense of need. Uh, once, you, once you, like, get to the really fast cars, and once you, like, unlock that final tier, it's mm-hmm. just like, it's, it's like, I'm going to mention it again. It's like F-Zero, really. <laughs> nice. Ding, ding, ding. Drink if you're at home. Well, I got the new vet, and I've been sort of stuck in, sticking with it and upgrading it because it just sounds good. And that's the other the thing. The sound is, is so good in that game. Though, though it is arcade-y, the, they did the cool arcade thing like you used to get on, on good you know, Sega cabinets where right. there are parameters for the cars, and you do actually get a different feel. Cool. You, know, you get a different feel in acceleration. You get a different feel in weight. You get a feel, and the durability becomes a big deal because there's a lot of wrecking in this game. And it's not very punitive. It really doesn't punish you that much for wrecking until you're dead. So you can keep it. You know, it's okay. It's great. It's another one of those Criterion games. Because look, I mean, if you don't know this, Ghost is comprised mostly of former Criterion folks. Is that it's not punitive for wrecking? You do a lot of wrecking. It's like you have a blast driving in this game. I I love this game. Okay, so fun. That is that is now my most anticipated when I when I procure one of these consoles. I mean, the thing is, it's also on current gen, so you could. Well, yeah, but I mean, like. I don't want to sully maybe, your eyes with that. No, I can, I can, I can, I, I can see playing it on current gen too. Well, yeah. tell, okay, I just so, always like those. Games. So let's transition. To, tell me, Andrew, about Forza. Well, I don't think I. I mean, I. I've You're not the guy on that. I, I'm not the car guy. You know, I think uh, I. I really enjoyed what I played of Forza. Uh, just, but I am not. I'm not talk a car about, nut talk, talk I am, about the force feedback though, and the rumble. Okay, triggers, the, yeah, the, that like, when that, you, that's what when I heard you, is the when you like when you like push way too hard in a uh, turn and like uh, like and for me when i was like playing need for speed and then switched to forza and i'm like oh no this is complete like i felt it immediately <laughs> i felt it immediately in my hands before like anything actually even happened on screen where it's like oh no i'm 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 totally gonna just but like i think that the is just gonna explode that is huge yeah. uh, and i'm really dying to try it myself because that is honestly my biggest problem with any simulation racing game because it's like Ooh, ooh, I get a chance to feel what it's like to drive a car that I will never be able to afford in real life. Well, no, not really, because the experience of driving a car is as much a physical experience mm-hmm. as it is a visual and audio experience. Yep. So, and it never, I never, I, I feel like I'm always at a disadvantage at, in a simulation style racing game because so much of how I drive a car is oh my god it feels like i'm pushing it too hard or it feels like i uh there's too much i'm going into this turn too fast or whatever and i never i'm never i never play these games enough to be able to translate the visual and audio cues into that sensation and I, mm. i'm hoping that the, those triggers doing that will give me a little bit more of it that. definitely gives you a little bit more i mean ultimately you're still playing with a controller so like yeah. you know yeah it, there's there's only so much. Well, that I mean, an I mean, I mean the force, the force feedback wheels that they've had in the past. Like I've, I've had some pretty awesome experiences mm-hmm. with those, but you know, as with anything, it's nicer to have it on the, on the, the controller. The sucks so that the freaking wheel doesn't. Isn't the, the the problem is uh, isn't being supported. Not really a problem, but I think the impulse triggers. I like Forza does a really good job of showing them off, but I, I haven't played anything else that does. You that know, does, yeah. like yeah. like it, the interesting thing is, I remember uh, when Sony was talking about designing DualShock Four. They said, "Oh yeah, we designed DualShock Three with uh, Gran Turismo largely in mind." You know, it's like Polyphony had a you know huge say in it. That's why the sticks ended up being as like loose as they were right. that generation. Uh, with the Xbox One, I feel like yeah, really, they just made this controller with Forza in mind. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's sort of the feeling where it's like I really don't know if this these triggers are gonna like. Make do sense. anything else yeah, for, but, for but any it, other kind of game. It's you know? the triggers. Do you get any in the stick too? Like when you're trying to corner a little hard, no, you get some resistance. Not, at no, all? It's, it's, no, it's all in the it's triggers. All in the triggers. Yeah. Okay. Well, when you when in Halo, when you're shooting your gun and you feel the 
the needler click in a specific way, you'll know. I'm, actually, you know, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure first party studios are going to take advantage of that, but it does <laughs> it it does seem like that's a feature that's going to be grossly underutilized uh, in in the coming gen. So. Like it's funny that you said that about not playing the games long enough to get the visual and audio cues to let you know the sensory experience of driving the car. Because I agree with you that that's one of the key components of sim racers, and that's one of the places that I felt like. In the latter stages of the Forza Gran Turismo competition, the Forza moved a little bit ahead of Gran Turismo. And and there were a few things that I think applied there. Um, first of all, the way the car behaved where the, in, and gave you the feeling of tires on, on pavement, mm-hmm. which if you've driven a car, it's something you're really, really acutely aware of. You really have this feeling of, especially if you've ever taken a car, at, whether on purpose or not, to or past its limit you know you feel that's that's starting to slide and you're like oh dude like i can actually feel the chassis like yeah Yeah. moving in wonder and you know coming back to them because i did this over the summer coming back to them i I almost was irritated with forza at first because i felt like wow this game is super slippery and then i sort of considered and said well you know maybe gran turismo is just too forgiving and that goes back to the thing about gran turismo where if you play the game without changing anything you're on the uh, video game tires and you have to go into Gran Turismo and put yourself on sim tires and once you do that you suddenly realize oh wow it's a really really challenging thing to do so there's a lot of things that happen there that's one of the reasons that I always drive sim racers in the in cockpit view yeah is because a lot of it is the, I'm accustomed to having the a pillar there and and seeing things move from a head standpoint sitting behind the wheel and and I want to feel that and you know well, get there's a sense. probably a degree of sense memory right where yeah. even, even though you're oh, not absolutely. yeah where you're just like oh no now 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 it feels right. Like now I'm maybe picking up on cues at least that are in my head of like what I know I'm supposed to feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really curious when you get a chance to play Forza, how you respond to it. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, the other thing is – Why isn't Amazon doing a buy two, get one free don't for go to Don't go – don't don't just jump to supercars instantaneously. I think that's another thing that a lot of people do in sim, in sim racers that will throw them off is if you're in a sim racer – you actually, it, it will actually take some challenge to drive these five hundred. Granted, granted, in Forza Five, the first car that you get is a, uh, but is a supercar. And they also do assists. a really. It sounds like they do a really smart thing in Forza Five, which is that you you have this risk reward system of staying with the car you've got or buying a new car that you mm-hmm. accumulate more money by staying in the car you've got uh, and do more races in that car. Well, not not specifically the car, but the the make uh, the uh, the manufacturer. So you know, if if you like. You know, you really like beamers. You know, you just you can stay in that family of cars, and you'll get a bonus uh, for XP. You also get bonus for like turning off all the assists and, right. and stuff like that. So, I I think it, it does a really good job. Of, like for me, as I was playing through the campaign, I, I found myself slowly turning off like pretty much all of the assists and like turning on simulation damage and all that stuff. So that's cool. Uh, like it it because like so the way they do it is uh you make the same amount of money. Uh, if you like get in third place as you do first place so like for me it's like oh well if i'm getting in first place then i should probably bump up the difficulty yeah you know that sounds like a really smart thing they did as well is that they have these three tiers so you can you can race for sixth place and you're not uh, just some hoser that sucks yeah and and the cool thing is uh you're actually getting something that all the races give the same amount of money so like even if you're in like uh the mini you know circuit like 
you you'll still make as much money as you do in the in the supercar circuit. So, so you're not being penalized for driving. Granted, granted, I guess conversely, the the cynical person could say, well, you don't make any more money when you're in the supercar circuit, which is why you're going to end up buying all those microtransactions that they that they put into Forza Five. So because you can well, buy the in-game currency with real money. So. I just know that one of the things that has always turned me off from racing games is the feeling that halfway through a three lap race or six, you know, some sort of crazy circuit race where I'm going for, it takes, you know, 20 minutes to finish. Yep. If I'm at the, toward the back of the pack, I'm just like, screw this. I'm starting over. And you sort of get into that well, loop where if you don't have the, a good start and you don't take that first lap, well, it's like, why even continue? Well, so Forza yeah. five has that rewind feature. Uh, right. So. But I mean, but, but even more than that, it feels like you get something for, even being in the back of the pack, if you you can be trying, you know, you're in sixth place and you can try to get up to fifth and that's going to do something. That's going to actually have mm-hmm. tangible reward for you rather well, than just being, hey, you didn't win. And, and what I heard also is that, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, but the the that whole, you know, traditional racers, you have a good start and you get up ahead of everybody and it's really just about, okay, just drive smart and don't screw up. And there really isn't a whole lot of attention, attention in the race because you've, you know, Gotten yeah. yourself a little lead. Yeah, we, and- we we actually we talked about this a few weeks ago when we were talking about Forza is that they're they're trying to break the problem that was introduced by a bad combination of sim sim racing game but non sim racing event. Mm. In other words, taking right. taking a game that's supposed to be realistic and then giving you three laps to start from the back of a field and bomb your way through to the front, which is ridiculous. Right. I mean, that's just yeah, not that's not the, the way racing works. No. And yeah. it, it encourages you to just, like, smash into other cars, which is, like, you know, if you have damage turned off, then sure, you can get away with it. But, like, man, it feels so wrong to do it. I would, you know? I would love to see some more creative approaches, and it's some, certainly something I've thought about for a long time of how to improve on these racing games. I mean, sure, I get it. They, in order to do a race weekend, it requires a lot of play. on. Like, you, it's it's unrealistic to think that even – you know, a reason, you know, even like a mid-level racing fan wants to do three days of, qual- you know, do a day of testing and then two days of qualifying right. so they can set their lap time to figure out who's going to be where on the grid. But there are ways that you could, I think, creatively approach that, mm-hmm. that allowed a different sort of setup to setting the grid and then how you handle the actual race itself. It doesn't always have to be a three lap race. Sure. Maybe there are some sprint races. Maybe there's some sprint races that make sense. You know, a lot of times a duel or maybe a three or four car field. Sure. A sprint race makes sense. But it doesn't make any sense to have a sprint three lap race with a 12 car field. No. That's just dumb. Well, if it's a pile up like – a, a persistent pileup and maybe exactly. a couple of people break away. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't give you the fun part of racing in a 12. The whole, whole thing about racing against a 12 car, or a 20 car field is negotiating that field, figuring out how to run your race to be successful with your race. Right. And, and that doesn't happen when you're on, again in the three, in the three lap, you know, wreck a car. Well, and it's really, you want the, you want the race to be long enough so that you're having these one-on-one battles. Cause yeah. those, those are like, whether you're being overtaken or overtaking someone, it's all about like that dude. I'm I'm bearing down on him now, or oh shit, this guy's yep. coming up behind. Yeah, exactly. All right, Andrew, should I at least be excited about Dead Rising? Please tell me yes. Actually, Ozzy's the one that did the review for us. So oh, I well, let's get him in here. I then. can't. I can't really comment on that. Yeah, we can do that, and we should also get Jeff's uh, since Jeff has wrapped up Black Flag. Yeah, I know there's a lot of All people right. who were holding Black Flag as their I'm going to hold on to this game, and they're like, even Phil Kohler was like, "That's my game of Thanksgiving break." Hmm. So it'd be really great to get some feedback on, you know, uh, how does the rest of the Assassin's Creed experience? Do I still like it? Arr, having a, finished it, that's yes. what I want to know, matey. Do you still like it? 
I but, think I do. And don't forget Mario. Okay, we'll get. Oh, yeah. well, how are we going to get all this in in one segment? It's going to be hard, man. It's going to well, be hard. I, I don't know if we have to rush through this because let's not forget there's there's like no more games coming out until March. <laughs> <laughs> we could do next. We, we're like, we, oh, we talked about everything. <laughs> we could we could talk about these games for a while. Yeah. Hey, look, there's screw still, you, South Park. We still had Gran you to Turismo. Talk, look forward to, and now you're freaking delayed again. Still, Gran Turismo coming. That's Gran true. Turismo is coming, and like. That's about it. You talk, <laughs> talk about the narrative dissonance in Resogun. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back for the final segment. Late, incomparable Jimmy Smith on the Hammond. If you recognize uh, the, the strains there, just a little bit from the Beasties. Yeah. I kick your root down. That is root down, and the root, the original root down from which they sampled. If you've never heard, been exposed to Jimmy Smith, the guy, incredible <clears throat> blues uh, Hammond organist, uh, obviously got in some funk there. That was that's circa 1972 for you. That's badass. It's yeah. a funk, funky year. Yeah, that whole that whole uh, by the way that whole disc this comes off of is if you're into that at all just it's all that good it's just like the whole thing is just like a constant crazy jam session it's awesome. fantastic I was reminded of it the other day and was like oh, I'm gonna play some play some funk I think I might have to go track me down some of that you very, can't very fight good. the funk you cannot fight the funk all right we have brought in Ozzy. Who uh, did all of almost all of our Xbox stuff? He's, he got to split his stuff up. We kept Andrew sleepless in uh, Seattle, <laughs> in PlayStation. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And we uh, we and put Ozzy into the Xbox One. I've been getting Xbone for the last week. Nice. That doesn't sound positive. Yeah, it really doesn't. No. Well, for Have the, you been for not the enjoying most part, it. Well, I've been enjoying some of it for the most part, but I just came off Rise, and that was. Uh, I'll put it this way: I didn't. I didn't quite dislike it as much as Andrew did. I wasn't that. I didn't think it was that bad, but it's not good. It's Aww, it's sad. it's really boring. It just drags out for about a good. I, I said this in my review. I said it was about a five hour five hour deal, and it felt like about twenty. Do they give you a little counter? Tell you how many arms you chopped off and stuff. You know that at least would have been a little cool if if they kept track of how many people you were executing. But no, they couldn't even so do that. Well, let's start. Well, before we do boring, let's start with the thing that I think most people are looking at here, which you said we were comparing to Killzone. Killzone was the technical platform for mm. PS4. Yeah. I think Rise has been pretty much portrayed as the this is the showpiece title. It certainly looks oh, so, at E3. It, it, it's boring, but it looks gorgeous. So it's it a showpiece really technical good. title. Did it work it, for you? It really as a as a visual title it really did it looks absolutely beautiful and the, the way the way you notice the cutscenes, the way you notice like the, the way the executions are are done i think it looks really good like i said i just after a while just the glisten starts to wear off not, not much meat on the bones the glisten on the backs of all well, the well, I, I tried to give hot a, you see i was trying to serve you an opportunity to talk about the visuals and they were i mean it's sad when a game is so let's say pedestrian mm-hmm. that you're like yeah it looks beautiful all right but it's really boring yeah, yeah. It, and it, that's Crytek too. So I mean, you know, you know, it's going to be pretty. Yeah, it's just visuals only get you so far in a game like this. And that is true. All right. So then, tell us about the game. So by the way, other than seeing 
Roman gladiator dude hacking shit up. I don't really. What is there a is there some sort of setup or story to this game? Set, are, what is the setup to Rise? Actually, there is a story to it, and the story actually isn't isn't half bad. Like you're playing a guy like coming up the ranks of the 14th Legion. You're a guy named Marius Titus, and you you start off like as a low level like guy in the Legion. Along the way, your family gets killed, so it kind of turns into a revenge story, like as it goes and. Actually, that part of it works because you see like his character go up. You see him make the ranks of a centurion like that. That sort of story that like, kind of works for me. But does he it, ever go? It's a me, Marius. <laughs> no, he does not do that. No. The sad thing is that. that <laughs> for really? All... Really? <laughs> I like it. I give that one a nine. For, yeah, a nine out of ten. It's more, more, more than this game gets. Good. But, but... Well, OK, so so you've so, so far you've said the graphics are great. The story is good. The story is pretty good, but it, the sad thing is it kind of jumps off a cliff at the end because if it sticks to the whole story of it's a soldier like going up and along the way he gets revenge for his family, that's fine. But it starts to introduce some supernatural stuff at the end and then it's like, okay, that's kind of out of nowhere. All right. So that 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 part didn't work so much for me. There are some other things besides like just like hacking off limbs. Like you, you, you've seen some of the sequences where you're leading the army. And this is the other thing about Marius's his progression as a character is as he grows into a leader role. So he's leading his uh, his men into battle, and like you're carrying your shields, you hold them up as like you see arrows flying your way. It's it's a good idea. I like I like what they're shooting for. They're shooting for authenticity there, but it's really slow, and uh, there's really no kind of way to like speed that sequence up. And it's it's just kind of one dimensional. Didn't really get into it that much. There was one. And I mean one, because I think I've only seen like maybe one of these instances. There's tower defense sequences in this. And actually, uh, that kind of works because that gives you a little bit of variety. You can just like start hacking guys as they come along. You can start shooting them with arrows. There are crossbow stations where you can start like trying to pick them off. And even one instance when they're trying to scale your castle, you can kick the ladders off, which is another way to kind of approach it. Have fun storming the castle. (laughs) That's right. So, so at least, Princess Bride, yes. So, so at least that gives you different ways to approach it as opposed to like the rest of the game, where it's just like it's the same thing over and over again. So, so that's your main complaint is that it's the same; it's repetitive, pretty much. So, if I sound repetitive, it's being being completely ironic. But uh, I don't completely hate it. I think it had potential, and I think it's just so. Wait, so the, what's the the repetitive part? Is that you're you're just slogging through, killing lots of people over and over? Yeah, pretty much. The, the counter system's the same. Even when you hit the boss battles, it's the same thing. Like it's the same kind of combat. They just hit you harder. That's really much the only difference between getting through the main game, the, th- the same three, four enemy types, and the bosses, which is just, I, I don't know. I just expected it to be a little bit more than that. Hmm. Okay. I, I'm just, I, so so you're you're pressing buttons to attack dudes. It, yeah, it's kind of like that Ark, that, uh, that Arkham that Arkham Asylum type of like counter system. That and, sounds awesome. So, which is which is really yeah. Awesome. You can't you can't evoke Batman and then be like it's not fun. But I know but, that but, sounds but, that, but, that's but, what but, I what I saw but, at E3 that and, made me go oh my god I can't believe they're doing this and it's really cool. But then you start to realize that like okay so oops I messed up this quick time event oh nothing happens like you still get the kill anyway. So like there's almost no consequences. Well, but the like, quick time it's not really a quick time event right? It's a uh, finisher. It's, it's it's color it's color coded. Like you start to see like. If they if the enemy starts to blink blue, you hit the blue X button. If right. it blinks yellow, if it blinks yellow, you hit the Y button. And like that's real, that's really cool because at least that puts a little bit of skill into it. But then if you miss if you mess up, nothing happens. They don't you, hit you. No, they don't hit you. You still kill them anyway. Well, I think that I mean. So you're saying that? So basically, they're tr- you're, the idea you're, is to make it not fail, right? I guess so. But at that point, what's the challenge in it? 
Well, I'm confused. So, so now we're so complaining just, because I mean, a lot of times we're like, well, QTE is not fun because the QTE fails and then you have to start over. But now we're saying, well, QTE fails. But and then you, why even have the QTE at all? To give you a flourish, I guess. I, and, I, mean, I don't know. I haven't what, played the game. Is that, is that what it is? Is that you're trying to, it, it, those are additive and not, it's not a, either he gets you or you get him. It's more like if you successfully pull this off, you get to do something that's more, uh, it's, a, it's a, it's a finisher. Or something, it's right? kind of a finisher, but it's like the same finisher every time. Like you, you mainly just slap off the same arm, you crush his head in. And after, after a while you start to get desensitized to it. And it's just, hmm. it, there's not enough variety in it. So the, this whole thing that they were talking about with like tons of different finishers that you can unlock and all these things it doesn't happen, huh? Not not in my experience. Hmm. Well, that's a bummer. I'm I'm uh, I was excited about that game. All right. So if that was a low point for you, what was what would you be say is your most favorite Xbox One experience? Well, I should for full disclosure, I haven't gone through Forza yet. That's actually something I'm going through this weekend, and part of the that's part of the intentional because I'd like to see Forza out in the wild. I'd like to actually encounter people that have actually gotten the xbox one and try to play against them so that's coming a little bit later that's but fair. but in the meantime i've actually was pleasantly surprised by killer instinct something mm. that i thought was going to be a complete train wreck and now why would you why what led you to think it would be a train wreck you know because i don't remember it's it was forgettable back in its day i don't even remember like like oh it Ozzie, as much you as, just pissed so many people off <laughs> <laughs> i i honestly i honestly You're like oh yeah you're forgettable i i on- I probably am. I honestly <laughs> didn't get into it as much as Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat back in the day. But the more I got into Killer Instinct this time around, the more I I started to remember. I'm like, oh yeah, this is actually really intricate in the in the way that you craft the combos together. You have, you string together like heavy to light, like light to medium, that sort of thing. And it, it's enough that you can master it. But if you're a button master, you can kind of fake it too. And that's not to say that there isn't anything like completely mastering the game because once you master the combo breaker, which is which is weird because I remember back in the Super NES days, they used to tell you what the combo breaker move was. And this time around, they don't. Like, you have to figure it out for yourself. And once you do figure it out, you kind of win the game because at that point, you can just brush off anyone's combo break, anyone's combo and just go nuts on them. So that, it's, it has a surprising amount of depth. The only problem that I had with it is that there's no game mode to speak of. Like I'm confused because <laughs> I feel like you you were just said it doesn't have any depth because once you find out the combo breaker, the the, 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 com- the combat system has has a surprising amount of depth in it just because they're tr- learning how to learning how to execute the special moves and the combos and that type of thing. Like it's it takes a little while to learn and it's satisfying once you actually get into it. Hmm. Where I say that it doesn't have any depth is that there's almost no way to play the game. Like you get a survival mode where you just like it's like an endless mode to keep throwing guys at you, which starts to get really old when you realize there are only six people to start. And then from there, it's just verses. And hmm. that's it. And I, I don't know if I've just been spoiled by games like Injustice Gods Among Us. or if Well, I've keep been... in mind, this is a free-to-play game. Yeah. Right. And I think one of the things people would really like to know is how did the free-to-play system come into play for you? And how obtrusive was it? And, you know, how did you feel about the game not spending money on it versus spending money? Didn't, re- didn't really feel all that intrusive to me. Because everything that you can unlock through, like, the, through like the killer coins or however or that currency system, it's all cosmetic. You just get things for your profile. You just get unlock a few extra stages. So it really didn't... But for players, you have to pay for the unlocking, right? Mm, I think, yeah, I think you have to play for them later. Like, I think, I'm pretty sure, like, I started off with the ultimate version, so I had already all six characters. Uh-huh. But I think with the with the free-to-play model, I think you're supposed to start with Jago, and that's very limiting. You're going to see a lot of Jagos online, I'll tell you that much. But... Uh, I, I don't know if I would have gone gone this route because even once you start off with the ultimate version, 
it still feels like an incomplete product because there's still more guys coming later. There's still Spinal coming in January. Is Fulgore coming next year? And an entire season two worth of people, they've already said they're throwing an arcade mode in. Now, do you think that that's going to like sort of extend the life of it? Or do you think that that sort of... I think it's going to be a nightmare. I mean, obviously that's the intention, right? They, they want, they're like, well, we'll add more characters and keep people engaged. But if you're right, if it's, if they're, you know, if it's a competitive fighter and I, you don't have access to that stuff, I mean, is, are people going to burn out on this thing before that stuff even comes I think to it's it. going to be a nightmare to balance because I think if, if there's one thing about fighting games is that people love balance and and if you, and that there's an inherent problem that if nobody has all the characters and how do you, how do you work towards uh, keeping everything on an even playing field <clears throat> or if everyone is on an even playing field what's the incentive for buying a character so th- there there's going to be inherent like roadblocks like that that I'm, I'm not sure how they're going to deal with and why I probably personally wouldn't have gone through through free to play just for a fighting game hmm I think that when I played it at E3, one of the things that stood out to me the most, and I guess the question I'd wrap up on is, you know, back to the fighting piece. I mean, the fighting, this is a fighting game. So whichever, you know, you have to adapt and decide for yourself, do I like the free-to-play model or the ultimate version? How do I want to play it? The thing that stood out to me was the size of the characters on screen. You know, this is a game that has very large characters on screen, mm-hmm. and and I sort of miss that era. That that harkened me back to you know, like the, altered beast and yeah. golden axe and all like that. really yeah. big like screen filling characters. And that was one of the things that stood out to me about the N sixty four Killer Instinct was that mm-hmm. those characters were huge, and yeah. that actually kind of worked for me a little better. It helped it stand out from from the other games. So the this one games. at the end in the end of the day, after you played it now for an extended amount of time, not so much. I'd stick with it. if you enjoy that type of thing. I, you know, I'm not gonna. Hey, it's free, free to play, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna complain about it. And it's, and by by default, it's kind of the best fighting game that the Xbox One has, and it's not terrible. It's not it's the only fighting <laughs> game the Xbox One has, right? And honestly, it's not terrible. It, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Scope. Oh my god, stop backpedaling. Do you like the damn game or not? <laughs> yes, yes, you like the game. Yes. All right, are you gonna keep playing it now that you finished reviewing it? Yes. Okay, I, I, so there. That's that answer. That how about Dead Rising? What do you think about Dead? What do you think about the Dead Risings? Didn't like it as much as the first two, but I think if it, if you like Dead Rising, I think it's more of the good, more of the same good stuff. Uh, All right, there's some there's some place there's some places where it actually shows some improvement. Like there, uh, instead of having to find workbenches to like combine your weapons, now you just got to grab the ingredients and you can just do it on the go. So that's a great addition right there. So you're no longer hamstrings, no longer. I'm running around with this rake and whatever you know at a battery, but I can't put them together yet. Right. Yeah, so that thank God they got rid of that. Uh, the combo vehicles are really cool. There's, you know, you won't need. Describe the combo vehicles. Well, as part of the story, you combine. I think I'm trying to remember what it is. You combine, but you combine two vehicles to make a giant armored car with a cannon on top. And of course, part, you do. Sure. And, does yeah. It, does it fire zombies? It does not fire zombies. Oh. It fires at zombies. Missed opportunity. Yeah. And then totally the, missed opportunity. <laughs> and, and then, Saints rising. How crazy would it be? You drive over a zombie, suck it up underneath, and shoot it at the top. No. Well, you know that there's a there is a vehicle gun cannon in Saints Row that. Oh, is, does that? Is, it base, yeah, you just run over pedestrians oh. and blow them out of the. That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Then of course I'm trying to remember what are the comp- what are their vehicles you combine. I think but it's like the awesome. motorcycle and the steamroller to like make that whole thing. So you create Mannheim steamroller. <laughs> <laughs> Just in time for the holidays. <laughs> and I wish to God I could remember what you combine the fireworks van with because you do get a fireworks van in this game. And you, I'm trying to remember what you combine it with, and I just can't. You know, I'm drawing a blank on it. That's cool. You have actual vehicles in Dead Rising. You do have time. actual vehicles, which is kind of funny because the driving is almost the worst part of the game. Like I, I appreciate that they try to make it a, be ambitious and try to make it a bigger world. But once you get about halfway through the game, you start to realize, hmm. Every time you get to a get to a new objective, it says, 
okay, now we need you to drive across the world, go all the way across the map. And that's just like, okay, that's about 10 minutes of driving and I really don't want to drive anymore. Why, why isn't it, it's not fun to run over zombies with your car? It's fun for about five minutes, but mm-hmm. I think once you have to do it like over and over again, it starts to, it starts to wear thin. And it doesn't help that because of the nature of the game, there are a lot of dead ends. Like there are a lot of streets that are barricaded off. So it's easy so it's easy to hit to get to hit a roadblock and get lost and like oh crap I have to turn around and now all all the zombies respawn. Now do you need to go driving? How does it how does it work the driving part into the flow of the game? Uh, it, if your next objective is on the other side of town, there's no other way. There's no. So path. you're in a city that you have to. There's another no, as we should do on all these games. Set me up for Dead Rising. What is the what is the setup for Dead Rising? Where am I? What am I doing? Why for, am I doing for, it? For, the, zo- the zombies are in town. I know the, the zombies <laughs> yeah, are in I, town, and you're going to run it's around a with zombie them. convention. Yeah, actually, it's really not that far that far uh, that far a stretch from the first two games, where it's just you're in a city, it's quarantined, and it's going to get bombed in about th- about three or four days. So you only have so much time to gather enough supplies to build a plane and get out and get out of town as fast as you can. Build a plane. Yeah, you're you're putting together a plane like t- towards the middle of the game. You play as Orville Wright, and well, it's I Flight mean, of the you, Phoenix. It's Flight can, of the Phoenix done I, as a zombie. If you movie. can combine two cars into a third car, I of think you course, can build a plane. Build a fucking plane, yeah. <laughs> Do you not see the Resident Evil movie? You can land a plane on top of a building. Yeah. Uh, so wait, so uh, it, this one retains the the time mechanic, the uh, actually, beat the clock thing. A- actually, because it's such a big world, uh, you can choose. You can oh, actually good. go. You can actually go to the I story mode. That. I know you love those. The, the, oh, the, the story, the story mode will eliminate that mechanic entirely. You do not have to worry about racing against the clock. Huzzah! You can, you can just you know concentrate on playing some of the side missions if you want, which are helpful because some of the side missions will actually unlock survivors that will actually fight by your side, if as long as you keep them alive, of course. So, what don't you like about this game? You know, I honestly the first the one of the things I really liked about the first few games was a kind of intimacy of just the mall area, the casino areas of Fortune City, walking through that type of thing and t- kind of exploring it. In this game, it's so much that it's more that you're just driving around the same areas like, you know, over and over. You don't have really time to appreciate the open world as much. But there is a lot of this game that I do like. Like, for example, I was talking about the workbenches. And the way you do access weapons is there are safe zones, but they're all occupied by zombies. So in order to get a safe zone where you can access your inventory, access your weapons, you have to clear out the entire area of zombies. And that's that's kind of a cool idea. Well, one of the things the guys at the at the presentation at E3 were talking about is that for the first time they were able to make every single building and every single room in that building different from anything else in the game. Is that did you not find I, that to be the case? I actually did find that to be the case. Actually, they are they are very different, but they they don't really stand out. Uh-huh. Like they're they're just like it's just kind of like as different as this room in this studio is to that room in this studio, it's it's very, very different. They're, they're, they're to be very, honest, very different. Yeah, rooms. They're, they're subtle. They're, <laughs> the differences are subtle at best. Wallpaper. I mean, trim like, color. I mean, every everyone listening can see. They, There's they, like, they, these they, are vastly different. Yeah. Different people in that room. <laughs> they, over there. they don't they don't stand out as much as like the different stores in the malls or like the different areas of Fortune City that the way they used to. Hmm. So I I think the setting of like Los Perdidos is just like it's, it's that's not, the name of the city. Yes, it's it's not memorable. So. What I'm hearing is that Ozzy hates repetition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which, he doesn't like doing things there, more than once. Which there's a certain irony for that coming from me. But I, that's not to say that I hated Dead Rising or even that I disliked it. I actually thought it was pretty decent. I just hmm. didn't like it as much as the first two. I see. The or, promise, or, even, or even as much as Off the Record, which Garnet remembers that. that, 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 was, that was so like, the reason that you didn't like it as much as the first two is you felt like the settings were more distinct in those ones. Yeah, and you know what? Sometimes you don't need to make make the world bigger to make it. You know, just make. Well, it a the good bigger game. I think the bigger though plays to the promise that they've 
clearly try to portray through the advertisements they've run, which is that there's just hordes, this, hordes of zombies, hordes right. of zombies. And, and I'd like to concentrate on you know killing hordes of zombies, not driving around the city, like like driving across the town, driving across the same bridge. Again. You don't have to, and you, it's especially egregious at the end of the game where they just make you do that over and over and over. It's like, okay, you completed this objective. Oh my god, he's on the other side of town. You got to. You gotta so you didn't feel you like gotta, you didn't feel like you got to face the hordes that you wanted no. to because the ads make you feel like make it seem like you're going to go crazy inside hordes but, of. Well, that sounds like an intentional thing that they did that but, is not hitting Ozzy in the way that they intended. Yeah, like like yeah. their basic their whole thing when I remember seeing preview coverage was like this is a tra- when you're out. It's not kill a million zombies. It's traversal, like get from A to B. Yeah, yeah. And zombies how in the do way. I? And yeah, and there are zombies in the way, and like you're looking for the path of least resistance, and you're you know if you don't have one, you're taking matters into your own hands. But like, but have they already but, been? But beaten if that, that didn't but come across, the question then, is, have they already been beaten at that? Because I see you've been playing State of Decay, and yeah. and that's a huge part of the mechanic of State of Decay. It's re- I'm I'm really enjoying that. I'm not I'm not admittedly as far into it as. I can't talk about all the systems in the game, but but yes, it is. Well, you're lucky that you came in because you came in after the patches. And yeah. So you've come in after I, the patches, I, 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 the game's I, in great shape. Totally waited on purpose to do that because I'd heard, I just wanted to wait to dive into it. So if you're unfamiliar with State of Decay, it's an Xbox Live arcade zombie survival game yep. that is more um, attempting to bring in some role-playing elements to social interaction with all the characters. Yeah, it's and it's and it's very much open world sandbox. Like like you're not you're you're going to have objectives and different missions you can do for different characters, but really the the nut of the game is you're finding a place to hole up and gather more survivors and bring them to this area and upgrade those facilities and find supplies and go out on raids to, you know, either rescue other survivors or get food or whatever it is. And so it, it, you know, it's not like you're following some grand narrative of like, you know, cause that's the other thing that that's great about the game is, you know, you start off playing a character and, and you can switch between that character and other survivors that you pick up but once one of those people gets killed they're gone there's no reloading the game there's no you know they're it's a permadeath sort of situation so you just become one of the other survivors and keep and keep trucking away and you have to manage them you have to rest them yeah you have to take care of their wounds they all have different equipment and they have a really cool like inventory system where you're like you know uh say you're at a safe house and there's a bunch of other survivors there they're like oh yeah there's some stuff in that you can either put stuff into the supply closet or you can take stuff out and the way that they determine it's not there's no money so it's all based on this reputation system that you have. So the more you do stuff for other people, the more rep- reputation will, you'll have, which will allow you to actually take more stuff out of the out of the safe. And if you put more stuff in, you'll get more rep. So it's like it, it's a pretty neat sort of unique system that allows you to uh, you know really watch over time as you're you know slowly building your base up and adding add-ons and you know just crafting in it too and. Hmm. You know, what what pulled you to that game? Just curious, because it was a few months ago that it came out, and I played it a little bit, but it was before the before the patches. And now I'm curious, like I might be pulled to start it over because it had a ton of promise. Yeah, no, it, and it's still very. I mean, it is not, you know, technically perfect still. But, yeah, I'm fine with but that. It, but it is what it does is really good. What made me go back to it was I was actually um, thumbing through Steam, and both that and Project Zomboid are now you know being featured. Oh, so you're playing on Steam. Yeah, uh, I picked it up on live. I will okay. admit, I, I picked it up lazily on live to sit on my couch. And it does. It does look pretty damn good on on PC in terms of you know the lighting effects and the you know you get you get a few extra little bells and whistles there. Um, As always, best version yeah, PC. Yeah, graphically sure, um, but it's it's cool. It, it they, both of those games are sort of a unique take, or not a unique, but a but a very focused, different take on the zombie thing, which is you know 
still fairly prevalent and they're both interesting enough, you know, especially if you're into roguelikes or, or, you know, stuff where you're, you're like, like the threat of being overrun by zombies and losing your character. Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. So Um, if I waited, uh, to get Assassin's Creed and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to get it on my next gen because it's going to be awesome. How satisfying is the mid to late part of the adventure? What do you think about the the wrap of, assass- of Assassins there? I will begin by saying that Black Flag is, I was sort of unsure. It It is my favorite Assassin's Creed. Really? It favorite, is, favorite. O- overall. Over it, two. Over two. Wow. And I, and, I, and, I love, and I love, two is my, two is my wow. second, second. And the reason is, and this, this, when I was when I was you know watching coverage and seeing people's criticism of it as I was starting to play it, I was like, oh yeah, look, it sounds like they don't. They kind of put the Templar assassin plotline in the background a little bit, and you know you don't really have that grand conspiracy as much of that grand conspiracy stuff pulling you through the stories usually did. Um, but I honestly because of the, the because of the characters because of you know who you're pl- I really like. Kenway, the the main character, I love the guys, the, all the other pirates that he, you know, is acquainted with, and you sort of get to know. And 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 it is the first Assassin's Creed game in forever where I was like, it was a sheer joy to just open up the naval map and be like, oh, there's a settlement or a fort that I haven't blown up, or hmm. a, you know, like a piece of treasure on that island, or I'm gonna go shark hunting, or I'm gonna go whale hunting, so I can get my new upgrades or my new outfit or whatever. I all of these individual systems, while they're are, are, are tight within themselves, but the fact that they're layered on top of each other just make an experience that, you know, I'd go in, jump in sometimes for two hours, do nothing but sail, sailing and naval combat, or go diving underwater for treasure that would lead to more upgrades for my ship, or, you know, even, I mean, I finished the game and I've... Occasionally, I'll be walking around my apartment and uh, and I'll start singing one of the freaking sea shanties that I did. You up. collect the shanties? The shanties are one of my favorite things because I wanted to hear cool, them cool. all. Like I was like, oh yeah, you know. And there's some you'll recognize as like famous shanties, and others I'm sure they're famous shanties. They're most of, <laughs> dude. You should you should get that website right now. Famousshanties.com. Yeah, oh, that shanty is so played out. Well, you know, they're like farewell and adieu to you, Spanish ladies, and like you know, there's there's some there's some. Yeah, some songs you will recognize. Cool. Um, but yeah, it was the collectible Classic stuff shanties. was great. Um, it very much feels like a pirate game. Being able to pull up, pull your ship up along any alongside any island, and whether the, there's a dock there or not, because some of them have docks, some of them don't. If it's just an uncharted thing, just diving off the side of your ship and swimming over there, and like, hmm. oh, there's a thing, and I got to go hunting, and it's got that sort of Far Cry three yeah. crafting thing. So you're hunting for specific animals, and That's I cool. just. I really, really liked it. I liked how playful it was. I it did not bother me in the slightest that Kenway, the main character, doesn't is sort of, you know, his allegiances seem kind of, you know, malleable yeah. when it, when it comes to these two factions. Like he's, you know, he definitely kind of ends up siding one way or the other. But it's it doesn't feel as important to what he is, which is a freaking pirate. Yeah. You know, his his whole story is like, you know very beginning of the game he's like telling his wife he's like yeah you know i'm gonna go be a mercenary privateer or whatever i'll be gone for two years tops and of course that doesn't work but of course not but yeah it's 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 a really cool different you know um Hmm. setting i mean the the locales are so amazing and it's it's just like it's really cool to like be running around tropical islands and stuff for a change um i just i 
I'm not saying it's going to completely change anyone's mind if they have never liked the series, but it is a very strong entry. It reminded me why I like the series in the first place. Um, Because, you know, I think the last couple of games were, you know, Brotherhood was really good. But I I think that, you know. You're you're not the first person I heard say that it's the best one they've played in the series so far. Yeah, it's it's all those pillars. It's the the on-the-ground stuff and sword fighting. Feels good, maybe a little better than it has in the past, but it makes sense now. Like this parrying and, you know, stuff. You're, You're a pirate, so it feels right. You know, you've got different muskets, so you can, you know, I have up to four muskets. So, you know, they're one shot each, but you can really blast the hell out of people if you're <clears throat> I mean it's you know it's it's cool they give you a lot of cool little gadgets and piratey stuff to do um the naval combat is brilliant it's probably my favorite if they can make an entire game out of that I mean it's like well many people have hoped that they would because yeah. it is really and, and and for the most part this is this is that game I mean there's plenty of stuff to do that's not required and down to like taking your upgraded ship out to search the open seas for legendary ships to mm-hmm. take out which are Ooh. massive gun Hmm. boats that are just really really challenging and tough to take out the forts you know combat against a stationary object i don't think has ever been as fun as it is in this game um i i cannot recommend it highly enough you know it's it's uh, it's up there with last gen like sort of game of the year status for me like it may wow. be it may wow. be yeah high praise yeah yeah i had a bit of a false start with it on current gen but then when i wasn't totally feeling i was like well i'm gonna get it for ps4 so i'm just gonna stop and come back to it so now i can come back to it maybe it'll be my thanksgiving game your trip to fan game something my trip to fan game all right time to uh speaking of trip to fan next week thanksgiving in north america we will have a show we're gonna put it together early in the week next week but we'll probably have some uh, fresh xbox one impressions Indeed. more next gen stuff i'll probably try to play some kill zone between now and then and Oh, did you see, Killzone. by the way, did you see that your your game has a uh, new update expansion back to it, Van Helsing? Oh, that's a good game. I know, you like that a game. game a lot. And they said they made a number of improvements in the game as well, so oh, improvements you might want to check that out on Steam, yeah. on the Steams. All right, time for finishing moves. Finishing moves. Hey, everybody, quick, short, and sweet one from me. Thank you so much to everybody out there who has given Frazzle a try. And if you haven't, I would invite you to give our next game. It's our new mobile game. It's called Frazzle. It's a phrase-making game. It is a... I should have said this originally. I did post a link afterwards in the show, but it was after a couple of days. It's Frazzle, P-H-R-A-Z-Z-L-E. Yes, I know. We're very clever. Ha ha. We're just trying. It's to, about phrases. It's about phrases, right? And it's, frazzling. And, and yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, we, it's great. We got thousands of people playing already. I'm so happy. It's like so cool to see you guys play. And the funny thing is, it like I kind of knew this was what where the game was going to go. But it's cards with against humanity. I mean, yeah, it, it's yeah. not exactly because there's no cards, but basically everybody is it's has initials has, against has humanity, trashy, dirty <laughs> minds, and that's fine because it's we've fun. tagged it mature for that same reason. And it's pretty freaking hilarious. Some of the crazy shit people come up with so uh don't hesitate jump in it's totally free to play anyway and yeah frazzle on ios and android and thanks to everyone who really thank you so much to everybody who's given it a shot and yeah let me know what you think and we've got a facebook page where we take comments and i'll we're, we're still working on it so cool as always with mobile it's never finished uh, my finishing move, as as predicted, as foreshadowed, we we didn't have time for Mario. Oh, Mario! Oh, oh. no! But we will next, next week, we have the time for Mario. I will just say this. Uh, there's a lot of games that have come out in the last two weeks. This weekend, I'm 
I can wholeheartedly say the best two games that that have come out in the last two weeks are A Link Between Worlds and Super Mario 3D World. Those are phenomenal. Of, of the games I've played. All right, so my, my commitment to you is next week you can have a whole segment to talk about those two. Yay! Uh, other real, real quick thing I just want to say, uh, this weekend on Saturday, uh, I'm very excited. I've been tweeting about this. Um, Bill Cosby is doing a new stand-up special. Oh, really? Yeah, and I grew up listening to his album, like his record albums on a record player that, that were my dad's from the 60s. That, While you were eating your pudding. Jello pudding. Uh, no, but I, I mean, honestly, he he formed my childhood even before the Cosby show. He formed my childhood because of uh, my brother Harold, whom I slept with, Why Is There Air, Revenge. These are seminal comedy albums the best com- stand-up comedy you will ever hear and he doesn't even utter one single curse word and it still makes you roll on the floor laughing so i can't recommend those higher if you can find a way to get a hold of them listen to those but also don't forget he has a new special on saturday i'm, I'm excited to watch it i'm pretty excited too jeff <laughs> no i mean i, re- I really love it's not more like a bill. sports commentator <laughs> yeah that, that's true bill cosby no. doing sports comment i, I can, I can right, only do so. bill cosby with one word rudy <laughs> uh, that's that's not bad. No. That's good. Thank you. All Nicely right. Done. Uh, so my finishing move is uh, uh, mobile related. Uh, I will second the endorsement for Frazzle. Oh, it's, thanks. It's very fun. I've only done a couple of phrases and voted on a bunch so far, but I like what I see. Uh, the other two are Tiny Death Star, which really needs no explanation. Tiny Death Star is Tiny Tower with Star Wars stuff in it. Um, you know, I talked about it last week. Just a little disappointing that it was literally nothing more than a skin. That's tower. all it is. That's all it is. And I, it's you know, I'm and maybe pl- that's me being a bad person for wanting more. No, it's 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 kind of lazy design, but you know, I mean, if you're gonna, but if you're gonna well, skin something, it's, it's gonna, gonna skin, skin something. It, it is what it is. What it is. It is what you thought it was yeah. gonna be. And I, I don't know why, but I thought that they might do something else with it. Death Star. Fair enough. We that, are what they thought we were. Something that is fantastic, though, on iOS that I recommend everyone play is Anomaly Two. Uh, which came out recently. That's 11-Bit Studios. Uh, Chilingo published uh, this one again. But it is the reverse tower defense thing that they formulated. So you pl- you are playing a little squad of vehicles going through a tower defense map as opposed to defending from those. Uh, but they've done a r- lot of really cool – it's still one of the more, most gorgeous things you can play on iPad. Uh, the graphics are great. But they've done a cool thing – some cool things with the mechanics this time around where uh, – a lot of your vehicles, you can double tap them and they are transformers. So they, they, they basically serve dual functions. So, you know, they're, they have a form where it's good for long range and then you hit a button and they're really good for close quarters or, you know, a lot of variations on that sort of thing. But, but it adds another layer where you're constantly tapping your units and making them change. And it's, it's really cool. Uh, and I think that's five bucks, but well worth it. Uh, and that is my, Oh, I'm, if you guys want to get in touch with me, I'm at Jeff Mattis on Twitter. Please get a hold of him. Yes. And if you work for Microsoft or Sony, send him a next-gen console because he's on here and he talks about games and he's a starving student. I would certainly not refuse it. <laughs> uh, Ozzy, you get to wrap us up. All right. Well, as long as we're talking about things with Tiny, uh, I guess I'll talk about Tiny Brains. And that's a uh, that's an indie game coming from uh, Spearhead Games. They're uh, former designers on Assassin's Creed 3 and Dead Space 3. And this is a really cool, uh, pu- cool little four-player co-op puzzle game where – you're playing four like mutated lab animals, kind of pinky in the brain style, where you're just like solving puzzles, like trying to like you know find like 
put balls on switches and like you know try to try to like get across like pits full of buzz saws and it's it's really a lot of fun but the, the intriguing thing about that is even if you don't have three friends to play with you still control the four the four characters anyway so if you play it solo it's kind of lost viking style in a lot of ways so, hmm. so oh, that's cool so it's really kind of interesting and it's going to come out tuesday on uh pc ps4 and ps3 so so if you got any of those you know give it a look it's a uh, it's definitely definitely something i'd check out all right everybody there you go that is the uh middle of the next gen launch we can confirm next week not only thanksgiving in north america but both next week both consoles will be out yeah if you have pre-ordered them you will be sitting someplace hopefully or wherever you're you'll be you'll be able to go home at the very least and turn on the console of choice i don't know and if, play if, whatever you want to if you got both of them you may not afford a home anymore <laughs> just, just make sure you don't live with anyone that likes to say xbox turn off because i've had to deal with that all week if you have to say turn <laughs> because we were actually talking about you have to be very particular in your voice commands with xbox you can't just say xbox play forza you have to be xbox play forza motorsport 5 what i've heard is the most effed up thing is that the, the xbox the uh, xbox commercial has someone in the commercial say xbox on which triggers the xbox on if you're watching tv and that commercial comes on i and i can't which is kind of genius <laughs> and, and and i can't even talk on the phone because then if i say xbox and it'll then connect to him i'm like no no, no, no. Just, just. <laughs> it's like you have a roommate that you have to like the uh XBOX is yeah. in the room. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Custom voice commands, Microsoft. That's what we want. I want to be able to go Xbox flippity do, and it knows what I'm doing. Yeah, flippity flippity doing. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's you can't do that's, that because that's what if a game designer command. comes out with a new game called Flippity Do and then you messed it up. Well, then I better make another custom command. <laughs> that's all I gotta say. All right, big thanks as always to uh, our hosts here at the Atlantis Group Studios. If you are doing voiceover or any sort of recording work, they would love to take care of you here in beautiful Santa Monica, California. Thanks to Dave, of course, as always, doing the production for us. Andrew Yoon, who has already ducked out. Ozzy here also always on the uh, help on both in the booth and on the mic. That's it. That's your weekend confirmed. Don't forget, we have the tailgate coming up. I crashed and burned last week, but that's fine. Shit happens. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's your weekend confirmed, and we are ghost. This podcast is brought to you by Doghouse Systems, elite gaming PCs engineered by gamers and for gamers. Use code TGIF to get a free weekend confirmed t-shirt and a $30 credit for slashloot.com. Go to www.doghousesystems.com to see what system is right for you. The tailgate. This one's brought to you, as always, by our friends at the Press Row Podcast over on Operation Sports, where Rich Grisham hosts a great collection of video game sports enthusiasts. Uh, you got, you pretty much got them all there. So great time to follow them as well, because they are doing, of course, in-depth looks at all of the next-gen games. You've got them going into NBA 2K. you got them going in, uh, live. Kind of going into Madden and FIFA. So yeah. great times. If you are a sports video gamer, you should be listening to the Press Row podcast as well as Weekend Confirmed. Word. And I just uh, found out from Dave that I actually didn't crash the burn as bad as I thought because my, not, the, my, my Niners, my Niners pick 
passed on points. I'm at the top again, 20 and 11. That's right. Sitting in the driver's chair. All thanks to the Niners. Yeah. Don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't talk to me. Uh, Jeff, you know, you're still, you're in the hunt. You're at 17, 12, and two. So Uh, I'm up there. Yeah, and I still have two makeup games, so. Yeah, I'm at I'm at twenty eleven and two. Rich hanging in there at nineteen eleven and three. Mm-hmm. Ozzy at nineteen twelve and two. Kanata at seventeen twelve and two. Del Rio at seventeen fifteen and one. Andrea at fourteen and seventeen and two. The head of the engineer, Mike, you got to pull it together, brother. You're at thirteen eighteen and two. So uh, we got three games to pick plus Kanata's. We're gonna get right into it. First up, we have the Indianapolis Colts going into the. The tied challenging, place challenging in, the in their division. It, yeah, who are they tied? Who are they tied? Who are the Cardinals uh, tied with? Uh, They're tied with somebody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, those Cardinals. I would just like to say that was not a penalty. You got allowed to tackle the quarterback. You were allowed to tackle the quarterback. You know, he, he got fined for that one too. I he did. Believe that. Evidently, Ray Lewis is p- paying half. Well, he offered to. I think he, no, he refused to pay. He's challenge. He, he so he's contesting it. He's with like, the oh, I didn't officials. mean, I didn't mean half, but he's contesting the fine. And actually, he turned down the offer to have it paid for. What is he supposed to do? I mean, I understand. I no, I, I actually him in the neck. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, is it the, the, we all agree that it's tough to make those judgment calls. I think the other one that's crazy is when a pass interference call <laughs> gets picked up, is thrown in the back of the end zone by the guy who's standing there watching the play. And then the, and then and then it's picked up because these dudes stand around and have a conversation. Now, they have a conversation. They don't look at any monitors. Right. They don't look at any information. They just have, well, I remember this happening. Well, I remember this. Fuck you guys. If you're going to talk about it, then yeah. talk about it with some information. Don't have the shit on videotape and then say, Oh, I'm not going to look at that, but I am going to overrule you, despite the fact that you are standing there, and despite the fact yeah, that the that they, that the tight end was completely carried out of the. He, I mean, bear hugged. He, he could yeah, easily have come back. And I am play no, I am no fan of the New England Patriots. Not myself either. But my God, that's a Travis mockery. Yeah, but especially just from the refereeing standpoint, if you're going to get together and have this like dudes talking about thing, at yeah. least l- at least look at the damn video. Right. Don't just be like, well, I think it was like that. I, I think it was wasn't like catchable. You know what? I don't think it was catchable. It wasn't yeah. catchable because a man was holding him away from the ball. Amazing. Uh, I'm not going to complain about that one because I won my fantasy uh, this week by, by three points when the other guy was playing Tom Brady. Uh, <sighs> All right. So Indianapolis going into the uh, the Bird Dome. I don't know if anyone calls it that, but I just do it. Like, <laughs> the Bird Dome. The Cardinals resurgent. Carson Palmer suddenly had a great, of course, it was against Jacksonville. But, yeah. yeah. You know, suddenly back last week. Indy uh, getting a point and a half. I don't get that at all. Well, because usually the home team gets three. So I here you get so. a point and a half. Yeah, it's balancing it out. Uh I think that Indy is too strong a team for the for the Redbirds. Even 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 at home, even the Cardinals being at home being strong. I think that uh, Ellington, the running game, hasn't proven to me too much yet. I think Ellington's an interesting play. I mean, forget about Rashard Mendenhall. I mean, like, yeah, not not feeling that. But it just hasn't come together. I think you, I think that Indy puts pressure on Carson, and he hasn't responded well to that. Has a drop off again. I'm taking the Colts. I am too. Uh, I would love to be able to pick up a game on you guys, but I I can't pick Arizona here. I th- India Indy seems to have all the NFC West number, so might as well keep riding that horse. Yeah, Indy Jeff is also going with Indy Colts. Indy Jeff going with Indy Colts. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I've heard Indy described as like the new Chargers in the sense that they play down to their opponents, and mm. I'm, I, I'm thinking this is going to be another case of that, so I'm going to Arizona. 
Going with wow. the Cardinals. Ozzy never missing a chance to dog his own team. <laughs> Going with the Cardinals. Exactly. You know, we'd have a great record if the games were all three quarters. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if people call me a Fairweather fan, holy cow. All right, uh, in the booth, we have Dave going with... Dave says he's going with oh, Arizona also. Making a play. Making and, a play. And where are you at, Micah? Micah is with the Colts. In the second game, which I'm going to go right to now because Dave put me on the spot, he's making me pick my Cowboys. It's mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys traveling to New York to play the Giants. The transformed New York transformed football New York. Giants. <laughs> right? They, they, you want to talk about a Travis Shamrockery or God. They got the running back. They got the running back back. And here's the thing that actually scares me is though Eli is good for at least a pick or two a game, he can also air the ball out all over the place. Yeah. You got Randall. You got Knicks. The Cowboys couldn't. The Cowboys couldn't defend a high school passing attack right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the hell's wrong there. So. 600 yards <laughs> I love my team I'm taking my Cowboys yeah. I'll take my Cowboys in the two and a half points because I think that they will continue to try as they have been a little bit to get DeMarco Murray more involved they'll try and keep this game under control can they do that I don't know Miles Austin back in in full strength so maybe that'll help them some they have a lot of weapons as well I just the defense without Sean Lee and with their like 15 different guys who played defensive line is a real problem well, I've got to take my Cowboys. I think this is going to be a great game. I really, really think, think it's going to be a, great be a very game. good game. Yeah. And uh, okay, I, I think that the Giants secretly said, we're going to spot the NFC East six games and see if we can still win the division. Well, <laughs> I don't think they did that. <laughs> but uh, I think they win. I think that I'm taking the Giants. Uh, I think they win outright. I think they win by more than three. Uh, but I think it's going to be a really exciting game. Well, I hope it is a good game. I'd be very happy with that. What do you think, Jeff? Forget about it. With the Giants, yeah. with the New York Football Giants, the Ozzie. Football Giants. The, the Gi- Giants who have beaten Josh Freeman, uh, Terrell Pryor, uh, Scott Tolzien. Uh, <laughs> they're actually going. They're actually going up against a real quarterback this time. So I'm actually going to go Dallas. All right, he'll take my team. He won't take his own team. But he'll be for my team. Uh, Dave, what do you think there in the booth? You going with the? He's going with the New York Football Giants as well, and Micah is going to run with. The Cowboys. All right, time to bring in uh, our guest, Rich Grisham, from the Press Row Podcast, where his weekly set of picks. Take it away, Rich. As always, thank you so much, Garnett. Hey, everybody, Rich Grisham here. Garnett and team, I love the battle that we have going on for positioning here. This is a pretty cool heading down the stretch. All right, speaking of battles, what do we got? Up first, you got Indianapolis getting one and a half at Arizona. I like the way Arizona's playing these days. I'm taking the, uh, taking the Cardinals. Up next, you got Garnett Lee's Dallas Cowboys getting two and a half points heading into New York to battle the Giants. I'm going with the Cowboys. And then lastly, you got the Broncos giving three to the Patriots. Traditionally, this would be a tough one, but I'm going with Denver all the way. So as always, thank you, Garnett and everybody at We Can Confirm. We love the show. I've been a listener since day one. And uh, hey, if you're uh, into sports games at all, there's a whole bunch of brand new ones that have come out for the new consoles that are actually really good in a lot of ways. So check us out. The Press Row Podcast brought to you by Operation Sports. As always, we appreciate it. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week. Rich keeping the pressure on, as he wants to do. By the way, Dave, do we have Andrea's picks? So Andrea has gone with the Colts. And the And and she's gone with the Dallas Cowboys. Hopefully that is not the kiss of death because her record's not that great. Andrea, I'm pulling for you, girl. I'm pulling for you. Game number three is big. It is. We're wrapping it up. Brady Manning. Manning. Brady Manning. What is it? Five? They're like advertising it. So you've got the Denver Broncos 
going into the recently stung New England Patriots. The Broncos still favored. What's the over-under on yards in pass interference penalties? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There's probably a parlay for it. There probably probably is a parlay for it. Really tough game to call here. Peyton really, really nutting it out here. I mean, you can tell that he's having some trouble with those ankles. Brilliant performance last week, though. Brilliant performance. But you can tell, especially when he has to, when, when, you know, he reads the whole field and you can, you can sense that when he comes back across his body, that he can't get the push that he wants on the ball. Mm. There were a couple times there where he, you know, moved around a little bit in the pocket and went from a left to a right or right to the left. And, and you could tell like, he just didn't have the throw that he wanted yeah. and he was reading the right throw. It's just the, like the ankles just weren't there. So hopefully those continue on, to get better. On that note, how amazing is that offensive line that they kept it's, them from getting sacked period? It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Against, and they're, and they're working against a defense. really good yeah. defense. Yeah. And, and as people anticipated at the beginning of the season, it's taken a while, but they're starting to work Monte ball into that mix in the running game. Mm-hmm. And that's, that adds another look to it. And it does look like, by the way, if you guys haven't kept on this, Welker's practicing on Thursday. So it looks like he'll Revenge probably get. For him. Looks like yeah, he'll he probably get cleared. I like how Brady said, "Oh, Wes will play. Like I, <laughs> he'll play." It's a, this is a super tough game to call. It really you know, is. It really New is England never loses back to back games. It seems like. Yep. Uh, they have a lot to prove. They're pissed. I'm sure. Um, wicked pissed. Wicked. Wicked. Pissed. Wicked pissed. The wicked pissed. Ah. Um, I can't go against the Broncos in this one. The Broncos have too many weapons here to take care of this game. It's not quite horrible weather season in New England yet. I haven't looked at the at the forecast, but it's you know we're still you know middle of November. If this was if this was a December or January game and and there was a threat of weather, then I think that also be a concern, especially if it was like that wet, gross cold. Not I mean Denver gets snow and cold, but it's like snow and cold. That's cool. Like New England gets that disgusting Slush, like <laughs> rain and sleet and yeah. cold and yeah. wind, and you're like, oh my god, I want to go home. Can I get to the locker room, please? Somebody light me on fire so I can stay warm. Yeah. So this game, I am I'm sticking with the Broncos to continue Ugh. their run. Man, I really want to pick against you just to try to pick up a game on you. Um, New England's not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. Denver has had trouble stopping air assaults. Uh, you know, you've got that's to... it. I'm doing New England. I'm taking New England. I, w- I would pick Denver. But See I'm how I talked him into that. Taking folks? New England. I, I I just reeled him right in and then set set the hook and uh, yeah. bam, got him. I'm another vote for the Pats as well. Interesting. Interesting. Another. So we got two Patriots, one uh, Bronco. I, I do not like Manning in cold weather. I'm going to go uh, Patriots, win the points. Another vote for the Patriots. I'm getting ahead of all y'all fools. Uh, Dave, what do you got in there for us? Dave. Uh, <laughs> just picking against Andrea. So, uh, so Andrea went with the Patriots. Wow. Hence, Dave went with That's the Broncos oh, to was, join me. I was Micah, not informed. You get to. I was, yeah, uh, I, I kind of wish I had known that before. Jesus the Christ, <laughs> uh, Micah, you get to roll, wrap it up for us. He is going with the Broncos as well. All right, folks, we are heading into the uh, the really fun part of the season. Lots of contention over playoff spots. The Packers. What the oh, hell is going to happen there is with one them? More. Oh, that's right. Kanata's got to do a makeup. Which is a really good makeup game. Yeah. It is San Diego. Against Kansas City. Against at Kansas, Kansas City. City. Well, so we know if it was Ozzy, he'd take the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll just get you that out of the way right now. You. <laughs> <laughs> Can't handle the truth bombs. Uh, and uh, San Diego is getting five and a half. So, uh, you know, I the, the Chiefs really uh, 
I think everybody calling them saw a soft, you know, undefeated team last week. Then they go out and lose that game. I think they have something to prove. I think they're going to come out. They they don't have an explosive offense, but I'm still I still think that they're going to sc- score some points. They're at home. That defense. Their defense is. They got a methodical. They got a methodical they offense. They've got that defense, and Arrowhead is a nightmare to play in. That's right, and the the. The uh, crowd's going to be behind them. They're they're loving their team this year. I think it's a uh, big win for KC. You chose poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Ozzy. Well done. All right. Thanks, everybody. Hope your teams do well. It's going to be exciting to watch what happens as we come into the playoffs. And we'll see you next week.